We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Today, a smorgasbord of topics, a PGA recap, March Madness recap. What's going on in NFL free agency? Might have to give out some grades, too, on uh, some signings that I know that one person in this studio really loved. And we'll get to that in a minute. Plus, we're going to be bringing you a whole slate of collectibles from the Collectible app. So what you do is go download the Collectible app right now. You can find the link in the description. Use code FTN while you're at it too to let you know that people from the Pat Mayo Experience and FTNDaily.com, FTNBets.com, FTNFantasy.com sent you over there because... There's a very interesting opportunity if you want to get in on some sports collectibles, and there's some brand new ones dropping this week on the app. Jeff Feinberg will uh, save your boy Jared Cook here for a minute, but you're big on this collectible thing. I actually really like it. I think it's people have been so priced out of everything at this point. You need to be like a legit Richmond in order to own like the newest semi-exclusive like card. If you want to get into top shots, it's even more expensive if you're trying to buy one of the good ones. You want to buy an MTF in a crypto punk, then it's going to cost you like 70K. Not necessarily the case with collectibles, but the best thing is they're super high-end collectibles. So you can get in as it's essentially an IPO. So they're run through like the SEC. Everything is insured, so your money is good once you get in, and you just buy fractional shares of these like super rare things. I like it. Yeah, I'm very bullish on the uh, fractional ownership, the concept of fractional ownership. There's no way you would otherwise be able to own a piece of these sorts of items. And I would go as far as to say some of the vintage stuff that Collectible puts up for IPO is, I I would say, a safer investment than precious metals, Pat. 
You'd rather have you would rather have uh, they're not make- Andre the Giant's jockstrap, a part ownership <laughs> of that, than gold. Is what you're saying? There ain't. I would assume that's pretty much one of one or one of two, like on the planet right now. Uh, and in many cases, it's more rare than gold, and it's a pretty safe, prudent investment. That the vintage cards with a quality grading. Uh, you know, there's no speculation. You don't need a lot of these players to win MVPs, to win Super Bowls, to uh, reach their value. They're, they already are these peak performers in the history of the game that will go down with time, and their rare vintage collectibles will only go up in value. So I did one of them the other day. Uh, I just was doing it like I partnered up with the guys at Collectible. Alex over at Collectible, real character. Good dude. But I shot a video for them over there where the investors were in on this Ernie Banks card from January. So they had bought the IPO for it, and it was valued at a certain price. I think I think I it's leaving my mind now. I think it was at like $37,000 is what people bought their shares at. So there was a market cap on it. There was only so many shares available. And then someone offered to buy the card outright. I think it was for $67,000. So what had to happen is everyone who owns shares of this card has to go to essentially a shareholder vote vote, to see if they want to sell it at that price or not. And they decided it was a 61% ROI is what it was for whatever the offer was coming in at. And they voted, no, we're keeping it. There was a release of a Sandy Koufax card that they keep going to shareholder votes because they keep getting insane offers for it, Pat. And they keep turning down oh, untrue. the offers. Untrue now. Oh. The, the 1955 Sandy <laughs> Koufax Tops one number 123 rookie card uh, came up in, let's see here, January 5th. Uh, it was listed at $36,000, so that's what people bought their shares at, their IPO shares, uh, and it sold on March 10th for $100,000, so it was a there one, were- 160%, sorry, 159.8% ROI. In, in Look at the period of time, and between now and that sale, Pat, they turned down two hefty offers, so I am... I am incredibly bullish on this, and it seems like very smart people are realizing that these vintage collectibles are as um, safe as an investment as almost anything out there. Uh, They are as blue chip as you get. They ain't making more of them. And even when collectible dabbles in the newer cards, those are also incredibly fun, Pat. But, you know, those involve speculation. There's a lot of speculation involved in that, and there's a lot of people that are in our sort of niche area that like to pick these of these three or four guys in each sport, like which ones are going to finish with the MVP trophies, which ones are going to win the Super Bowls, and which ones are going to obtain those types of offers that we have seen some um, new, new age cards sell for in the last what, 6, 12, 18 months. Incredible stuff. Yeah, so the biggest thing is, like just coming back to it, is if you don't have a ton of money but you want to be into this market and you don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to invest, you can just buy shares of a lot of the stuff. Like the one like you're talking about, there was a 2017 Patrick Mahomes Panini Flawless yeah. Emerald Rookie Patch Auto. Uh, I, I it would was, say it was, there's it was, less. It was listed at 135 k It sold um, at the end of last year for 182000 yeah. I bet if they hadn't have sold it, it would be like 300000 yes. now. I would argue, okay, maybe a year ago, I would argue we're now at the point where Mahomes is no longer a speculative asset. Fair enough. 
but there are a lot of guys in the NBA that fill this space that, that their premium high end stuff is worth insane amounts that have yet to win MVPs or championships like a Trey young, like a Jason Tatum, like a Luka Doncic and, and to get in on some of, as you sort of said off the top, Pat, like just the mid-level stuff, no one can afford even the mid-level stuff. So uh, I'm super excited to play sort of armchair GM with a lot of these fractional investments that I could never get a piece of otherwise. Well, the main thing today is that we have the release schedule for what's coming out this week on the collectible app. So once again, download the collectible app, use the code FTN. When you're up there, hit the link in the description, but they're all like vintage stuff this week. So who better to talk about vintage products with than a man who was born in 1812, Tim and August. Tim and August. That's not my name. Yeah, I saw a tweet like that today where somebody said I was born <laughs> in the wrong generation or something. It's like, well, you know, whatever. Wrong century, I think that they may have. Wrong been. century. Well, yeah, clearly. So do any of the, like, do you, I didn't give you the list of what's on tap, right? No, I mean, I'm not good with what I'm good with. Well, I mean, I have a devastating story about uh, my collectibles. I want to tell. No one knows this story. I didn't even tell this to my friends here. Because I didn't want it to get out to you that this had happened. Because I wanted it to be fresh for the show. Well, Tim, I, is that a tease that we're going with right now? I think you should just... The people have tuned in. Yeah. They want to hear about collectibles. I think they want to hear about your collectibles. Did you break all of your Mr. Peanuts? Everyone's got bad stories. So, for the first time in many, many, many months, maybe well over a year, on Thursday, I decided to inspect, to look at some of my Coke collectibles. Now, where I keep them is in a different room on top of this old oaken armoire that I have. So, so I picked up the first one, which is my gold Coca-Cola Olympics can, and I couldn't move it. And I got very concerned. It wouldn't budge. It was stuck to the top of the armoire and I could feel my fingers being able to like push against the can. Ooh. Well, what had happened yeah. was that the can developed some sort of an erosion and the coke got out and it disintegrated. So I move on next to my other Olympic can that I have up there. The, the same, the same thing is happening. I can't move it. So now I'm, I'm freaked. So then I reached to my prized possession. Batman Returns. And it's Cal. ruined. It's ruined. There was a little hole in it, and I can't move it. And so now, these cans that meant so much to me, they're all empty. They have no worth now, essentially. And you think this is bad. So I'm telling my, uh, my father that, that day, look what happened to these cans. And I said to him, because I also couldn't find my Batman for he threw my Batman forever mug away. <laughs> he was clearing out that room and he said, Who wants this junk apparently? And he threw away my mug. He's talked about this mug for his I Batman. told him I can't replace that mug. I can't go down the street to McDonald's and get another one. And he said, Well, I didn't realize you wanted it. I've been keeping it for 25 years. Batman forever. Long. So it was like Tommy my Lee Jones. Jim Carrey, my mug that is one. Gone. It's the one, yeah, where the the handle is made out of the coins from Two Face. 
So my, my mug is gone <laughs> and my cans are ruined. And then I, so I cried because I was devastated <laughs> that my collectibles are ruined. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, usually I would just tell, you know, our text thread, what disaster. I was like, no, no, I can't do that. This is something that I've been telling the people about this stuff long enough. I felt an obligation to tell the people directly first what had happened to me, because I'm sure these collectibles would come up in the future and I cannot keep up a charade knowing now that they're ruined. So I needed to tell them what happened. And so the, 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 the synchronicity of this opportunity with this story seemed like it was too good to be true, I guess. Well, but I'm, 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 I'm still, re I'm, I'm reeling. I've lost all these valuables and now I've got this, I still save the can like the, but, but the, there's nothing in the cans anymore. They're, they're wasted. So what you're Just saying, like Wagner's rookie card and then folding it in half. No, that's essentially what happened. So, I mean, that that's a lot of like air quotes around collectible and valuable. So, what you're saying is that your Coke Olympic collection what year is now worth the same as my Pepsi cans commemorating Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. It's worth exactly the I same. I had all Nothing. of those too. What Olympics? Well, the solid gold one was from the Vancouver Olympics. So, 2000? So, are you kidding me? Some mass-produced 2010 Coke can? A 2010? Yeah, but you know what? It mattered to me. I thought you were sitting like literally. I thought you had some like vintage, like maybe from the Calgary Olympics. From the Munich or, Olympics. Or the Expo in Le Montreal games. No, no, no. No, no, they're not from that. And I have some from the Beijing Olympics. Okay. I will throw this out to the people right they're now. all ruined. They're all ruined. The Pat Mayo Experience at gmail.com. If you have... These Coke cans still out no, there. No, I don't want them. You don't, don't want what do you them. mean you don't want them? You were just devastated. No, no, I'm going to try to get them back the for you. I collected them. I collected them. <laughs> His they entire... were mine because it was me. Your entire... I, I, think we should set, I think we should go full Kylie Jenner, set up a GoFundMe for Tim. <laughs> no, no, no. To try no, to raise the no. $13 that he is out now. The whole collection no. might be worth 20 The whole collection. Don't care. It mattered to me. It, it represented to me a lifetime of collecting these things and cherishing them and now they're gone you can't replace them even if you could get an exact replica it wouldn't be the same to me and i do not want them but it's ruined now that part of my life that's well that that's from this this coming is, is that what it looks like no no they were oh, cans. That, that, those are like bottled my Honestly, okay, i thought you had something good like the blue jays cans from 92 or 93 i do that's that was my that's my most prized one that's the one that's ruined them and that's the one it that my grandmother still probably worth six bucks because everyone I know's dad has one in their basement. Well, so how rare can it be? To me. So now it's give it you want it? I'll get you no, one. No, I don't. No, I don't. I wanted the one that I got that I collected and that I looked after. And now it's all gone. Well, two things on this one. I feel bad for you. I'm sorry this happened to you. I know they meant a lot to you and I'm being serious. <laughs> Did about you ever that. show them to no, you? I, I appreciate your, and I wanted to, I wanted to share it first and foremost on the show with you guys and the people. Did you look and into... It actually feels good to say it out loud. Uh, someone other than my father, who I actually can't believe, threw out my mug. So, number two, along with this, do you think this is why the glass bottles for Coke inherently have more value than the cans do? Well, this makes some intuitive sense now, doesn't it? Now, think about... But I also had this bottle of Fanta that I've been saving. It's a plastic bottle. And I noticed that it had, it had like shrunk, like the air had like is evaporated. That's useless too. So the, I brought it back from the Dominican Republic when I was visiting. It. <laughs> I thought one day it might be valuable because at that time we couldn't buy Fanta in Canada. 
So I thought that might actually be like a real nifty collectible. I brought it back with me on the plane. Now, useless. Yeah, but all useless. I, I guess the thing I collect. Yeah, but here's, here's the thing. No, okay, well, here's the thing. Here, I, can I spin this in a positive light for you? International travel. No, not that necessarily. But oh. here's the thing. The stuff wasn't worth anything anyway. It only had inherent worth to you. So what does it matter if the Coke is in the can or not? You can still keep the can. But it's not. It's it's now not what I thought I had. Well, what's the difference? You still have it. It's not the whole thing. It's not the can with the actual Coke inside of it. It's it's something else. And it's now got the hole in it. And it's just, every time I see it, and I've looked at the can a couple of times since, I just feel sick. I just feel sick. (laughs) Also... If this is what Coke is doing to cans, what is it doing to your insides, sir? Oh, well, what? you know Good what? It's question. not in my insides for, question, for 20 years. Pat. It's not in my insides for yeah, 15 years. Some of it years. has to linger. To got to guys like me, when, you're, Tim, when you're drinking 12 we drink a day. enough of it, it's got to, we can't get rid of all of it. Did you do research like after the fact? Like, are there cases no. that people are supposed to, if someone did have these vintage Coke cans, should they look to getting them like sealed or something like put into a case? Because clearly, like you said, there's the sugar is eroding. Yeah, the, I don't know the, what the aluminum, do. right? I, I don't just... know. I, I I wish I had known back in the day, but it's all gone now. And like, and if someone sent uh, you that cup, you like wouldn't Gloucester, want it. I've been blinded. If someone like could get that McDonald's cup, it's got to be nope. worth three dollars, Tim. Yeah, but it's not the cup Tommy that I Lee went Jones. It's not the one that I got my McDonald's pizza with when I got my mug. It, it, it means something to me. It was that one. It was mine. Collectibles was mine needs by to do an IPO I, on McDonald's pizza. Just to sell it for zero 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 five cents per share. So anyway, when I told you I had a devastating story, I did. That's my my that, that that's where I am right. That's my that's where my head is. I honestly thought you had like you were going to claim you own some amazing Gretzky rookie card. We're going to get to that in a second. Fantastic, because one the of those opposite. one of those is available on collectible. <laughs> Everything I own is junk. Apparently, that's what I've learned. Okay, well, here's something that you can get in on if you want to. So the first item up on the collectible palette this week uh it's i thought it was going to be dropped earlier today it says it's opening soon uh is a 1954 tim 8.5 graded psa psa hank aaron rookie card that's not bad the market cap on it is one hundred and twenty thousand dollars uh fifty five thousand of those dollars are Still owned by the person who owns the card overall, uh, which means that there is $65,000 available and they're going to start selling for $10 a share for 12,000 shares uh, because of the market cap on it. So that's, uh, I guess the, there's total shares outstanding of 12,000. So there's going to be what, 650 or yeah, 650 shares, 6,500 6, shares available at $10 a pop if you want to buy in on that. Is that something that would interest you? I will say that Hammer and Hank is one of the two or three favorite hitters that I've ever thought about in baseball. He played before I was born, but I love I love the guy. I, I love I love 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 Hank Aaron. You know, if I needed a home run to save my life, I'm not picking Barry Bonds. You should I'm not pick Barry Bonds. He was on steroids. I'm not picking Babe Ruth. <laughs> I am I am picking Hank Aaron because I believe that he and he alone is the person I'd want with my life on the line hitting a home run. 
Paul, it's a Paul do, you, do you have the front of that card available to show on the screen? It's a visually uh, beautiful card. It is, but uh, it could be deemed as somewhat problematic by today's uh, standards. I actually noticed that. I was wondering. I wasn't going to bring that up. But I, uh, I, I made a, uh, a blunder on the old title at the top there, so ignore that. Yeah, ignore it? Yeah, Paul. I threw these at Paul last second to try to do them up. So as you can see, the that there's a Dr. J, Magic, and Larry Bird 1980 scoring leader card coming up on this, see, too. To me, but this is worth more than a precious metal. An 8.5 PSA graded Henry Henry Aaron rookie card. Wait, how many of these could actually exist at this sort of quality? So well, like they an 8.5 grade on a card like this, I would have to assume is really high. The great thing about PSA is they do have population reports. So people could get that information. But uh, it's incredibly high, uh, or sorry, low, how many there probably are out there. And there aren't... Um, there aren't any sitting in, in packs that haven't been ripped yet. And if they if there are sitting around, they're not 8.5 graded. Why, why wouldn't they? Well, they I'm just saying they probably haven't been kept in, in good condition. Even if they're still in the pack? Sorry. I'm well, like modern cards, they're still you, you know, they're still there's such a delay to like it's almost a year to get your card graded from PSA at this point. That's a whole other thing. So the population reports on modern cards could be somewhat skewed. But my point being is the 8.5 population of this card, um, that population report is probably forever. There aren't probably many Henry Aaron ungraded rookie cards around that are being sent in today that are going to get turned in in better condition than that is my point. If they've been sitting around not taken care of for, for, for all these years. Yeah, and kind of like what you said off the hop, like you don't have to wait for LaMelo Ball to win Rookie of the Year and hopefully win an MVP. Hank Aaron's Hank Aaron. Yeah, that, that is exactly my point. And all these other guys that are... Um, I would be excited to want to invest in any of them, from a Tatis to a Soto to... Uh, that's Jeez. it. Is that the whole litany of young yeah. baseball players? Yeah, I you feel know like there's that, uh, that's more than I know. There's a couple guys on the White Sox, but there's I feel like there's another like really big one. The uh, Kuna, uh, all these guys. It'd be fun to invest in their cards, but there's levels of speculation there. That being said, I I speculate them all to be great, like everyone else does. So, what, but they what? still have to win MVPs and championships. Yeah, or be a home run king. Not happening. No. What are Barry Bonds stuff worth? I'm very curious. I don't know. I would imagine there's a hyper niche market within the baseball collectible space. I don't know if his memorabilia is down trodden. I am not sure. Like I would assume his rookie cards though are from that like very mass produced mass produced era. So does that kill like everyone from the nineties? Because Tim, wouldn't you agree that just thinking about it logically, the most valuable baseball player from like our generation essentially so from like 1990 on would have to be some sort of ken griffey jr card i was just about to say ken griffey jr would probably be the the person right yeah yeah i would assume the Derek jeter like high-end bowman's chrome rookies are probably might outdo the g the griffey one okay uh but again i actually own that popular griffey upper deck rookie yeah card. i have that there's too it's, it's just of, like, yeah, i have the michael i have the michael jordan upper deck baseball card like, it's yeah not worth that's anything. yeah no of course not <laughs> um but even for its time that griffey card is uh still special it's probably one of the it, it it's not worth anything like other vintage cards but from that era it's probably the most 
valuable baseball card that was printed between 91 and like 95. Oh that, yeah. That Griffey rookie or 89. It would have been upper deck 89. The first ever card well, one. Well, there's, there's one with him and his dad. Yeah. I remember that card. Well, I they may have it. I remember, may- I remember seeing that card. Yeah. Where, I think his dad's kneeling and he's standing. Yeah. If memory serves. They made very cool, like visually appealing cards with like Montana or Dion and Gretzky. It was like a triple, like, I guess it was the first time like motion photography was like happening. Okay. I don't know if uh, ca- card folks would know the cards I'm talking about. <laughs> well, but- so since we, since we spoiled up what's coming next on what's the, what's the date on this one? The 23rd, what's the 23rd? Is that two days from now? It's Tuesday. 23rd Tuesday. Yes. So on Tuesday, yes. there is a Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Dr. J 1980 basketball card coming out. So I guess we have a comp for this. The market cap is set at $27,500. Uh, $6,600 is being retained by the seller. You can buy into this one for $5 a share if you want to. Uh, 5,500 shares are outstanding on this one. And uh, I guess the comp would be... Uh, there was a 1980 Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Dr. J, graded 10, I guess. So it's that's a gem mint 10. Uh, that's a gem mint 10 that was put up in October of last year at $352,000, and it sold um, January 28th for $720,000. So this one is a PSA 8, so it's not exactly the same quality, but you can see that there's still demand for this stuff. Yeah, and I guarantee you the population report on this would be incredibly low as well. Again, I'm going to repeat myself. This is worth more than a... This is a safer investment than 98% of things going. And that is why collectible is onto something and at the forefront of something in this fractional investment space when it comes to the sports collectible because... these are these are as safe as it gets to me. So so Tim, we're, we're gonna take a, we're gonna go through all of these by the end of the show and we're gonna take a vote and I'm gonna buy you shares of one of these, okay? No, absolutely not. Nope, no, no. For the sake of the people, I'm not sure they don't have any sort sort of like I don't want to oh. hear from people talking about how my involvement with it caused it to be cursed in any way. So I will but abstain. They're all dead. In all ways I will abstain, but uh I think that that card is really cool looking. The the one with the three basket with the with the bird and Doctor J, and uh, and and uh, magic. I think it's a really cool looking card. You don't see cards like that these days. At least I I don't see them like that anymore. So how about this? We'll we'll see which one that you think you have the most enjoyment in, and then the one that you have the least amount of enjoyment, in, and then I'll buy shares for myself and the one that you have the least amount of enjoyment in. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> Death. Only makes a collectible worth more, I feel. Well, Hank Aaron's, so what's Hank the Aaron's already dead. What, was he going to come back? But that's, well, there, there's a two-edged so th- sword that, here. Th- that would, there's not that, much that would Tim, be crazy. What? Tim Ander curses the Hank Aaron card where Hank Aaron returns to the living. <laughs> like, what's Tim going to do to the estate of Hank Aaron? Or B, yeah, like, God I forbid. Think, I don't think you want to know the answer to that. Larry, God forbid. Larry, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and his Julie, They're alive. Like, they... they, they we, but you have to worry about their lives. Yes, but if you invest in the card, I'm only saying that would only make it. Th- th- so like, so what you're saying is, that if Tim buys this card, Magic's going to live to be like 300. Okay, <laughs> that's what could happen then. Sure. And then the card just you know continuously stays the same and has incremental value raised instead of just being super valuable all of a sudden. Tim, how's your bracket doing? 
<laughs> not good. Not great, Bob. Not great. Not great, uh, Bob. Is anyone doing well? I'm, I'm, well, I mean, I had West Virginia and I had Ohio State in my final four. Both are crashed out. Uh, so uh, it's, not, it's not looking too promising. I, I did like the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 keeps rolling. Uh, so I feel good about a couple of things. Even I think a- the people, if they listened to our show last week, will have learned a few things that they could have made some some, uh, some profitable plays on uh, with Abilene Christian and with Ohio. And uh, that's all Raza. That's not me. I, I'm just I'm just cracking wise here. He, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I actually made, and so did Paul. We made a bunch of money like gambling on first round. Like my brackets are all, I'm in second. I went and checked. I'm actually in second in like the bracket pool that I'm in, but I have Illinois to win it all. So I think that disqualifies, unless there's like some real random winner that no yeah, one I, mean, I have Gonzaga, like but wins, everyone has Gonzaga. If Gonzaga wins, I'm screwed. I've lost two of my final four Listen, teams. Yeah. So I need to be perfect the other way going through. Like, I need Colorado to get to the final four. I have Gonzaga, but at this point, it feels pretty shrewd the way other people's teams have gone. Oh, yeah, if you have Gonzaga, like, like, you're sitting pretty right now. Um, Yeah, mine sucks, but I'm not dead Alabama. yet. I'm not that's dead this, yet. I, I just, that's because I wanted to say that Alabama is now a basketball school. That's why I took Alabama. In the final four, too. I picked Oregon just because I thought Justin Herbert would be at home, like enjoying the game. So they, they like, which somebody win? did not, which I saw you get somebody said, Jeff, that was real strange of you. Yeah, which I didn't take well to that because anyone that knows me, Pat, would know, like in past bowl games or tournament games back in the day, like USC for junior or at TCU for Ladanian and all those big bowl games they played post him being at the school or anytime NC State was playing. And I was like going to be at home, like making a wager on an NC State game. I never bet against them. Always, well, thinking, I didn't know if you were even always gonna... thinking Phillips at home watching this game. I'm going to watch it too. I didn't know if you were going to watch since the last time I saw a bracket come out, you were not in it for the top Chargers fans. Uh, you know, uh, on Twitter, <laughs> you were left out. You were the Louisville of the the bracket. Can I say? I don't know how Tim does what he does, like engaging in this low rent form of his team fandom. Because I can't stand like any of these guys that do like their own. I don't want to knock anybody. Shit. Jeff, we're going to give you a Chargers show come football season where you can be the crazy person <laughs> who rants about the Chargers. Then you're just going to yeah, be the people guys, that you hate. No, but these guys like they I don't they think they know the GM. I know, but you I do. Know. You just DM with them. <laughs> no, I oh, know I don't know. Son. I know I don't know anything. <laughs> these guys just talk in these weird absolutes about player. Like, I don't know. And then there's these internal like one Chargers podcast hates the guys in the other Chargers podcast. That's awesome. Like, I can't stand the absolutes. So there's no way they're getting rid of Hunter Henry. Like those types of absolutes. You want to know something? I don't want to get into this now, but I'm thoroughly shocked about that. Um, no, I, I should have I seen the writing on the wall there a lot before the franchise tag because of how we operate. That never should have gone to that late in the game, Tim. But I, I quit. You say uh, if I'm the 65th best Charger fan on Twitter, I'm curious if any of those 64 people in front of me can name me an instance where the Chargers drafted a player as high as the second round or within the top like four rounds who showed the type of high end play despite setbacks 
uh, who didn't get contract number two for the Chargers. I could name you a bunch of losers that we gave contract two for um, that that showed no like that showed medial life. Um, so he's the only player in my memory bank that we drafted that high who we did not want to continue the relationship with. And in closing, when I saw the final numbers and the numbers the Chargers had available to them, they clearly made an organizational decision. I don't know whether it's part of the new coach and how he wants to run things, that that was not something they were going to value. I'm upset because I think Hunter Henry hasn't even played his best football in the National Football well, League. He barely plays. And you want to pay guys. He doesn't. You want That's to pay guys for what they're going to do, not what they've done, which is what makes free agency dangerous. But I think Hunter well, Henry. In that case, Derwin James should get I think Hunter. I think Hunter Henry. for what he's done. I think. You think he might do. I I think Hunter. Well, I just mean you don't want to like guys going for contract three. Yeah, here, it's a dangerous but here's the game. thing. Maybe Hunter Henry's they production the is replaceable. Maybe they looked at the situation and said, "Oh, we can pay Hunter Henry, or we can go get All Pro Jared Cook." Uh, I don't want. I I used my bullet. <laughs> like I had a chamber pat. Like I had a gun, a bullet in the chamber that was so important that I fired it this off season to ensure Coach was fired. I used like so I <laughs> you used all your capital no, to I, get Anthony Lynn fired? Yes. I was I wanted so badly to go back in and beg to stay away from Jared Cook, but I knew that would be unbecoming of me. And that was me. Well, that's probably why you over, got left out of the top Chargers fan bracket. You didn't do what was best for the team. I was overstepping but you did my bandwidth. You did beg for them not to sign Tom Brady, who won the Super Bowl. You're right. I don't think he would have won the Super Bowl with Ant, with a coach that couldn't tell time. Brady had one moment where he didn't know what down it was. That's like every moment of every day in Charger land. Um, <laughs> and I will say, God willing, we can win our Super Bowl. And that turns out to be this really fun, like, back-channel moment of remember when. And we both won Super Bowls with Tampa and... And the Chargers, I'll own that. Like I, you want to, like you could freezing cold takes me on the Bucks. But even when I bashed them from go, I was like, it's set up for something perfect for them. With the extra playoff spot, they could just lollygag through it, and they're gonna play their best football late. And even when we saw that happening, I was like, the Bucks are scaring me. I'm not betting it, but they're that team that's really talented that hasn't played its best football. Um, I'm upset about the Jared Cook thing. It really put a damper on a on an exciting free agent period for me. I went from You're going to be such a fan. I went he's, in oh, week one. He's going to have eight catches for two hundred yards over. and three touchdowns. Then he won't do anything. Yeah, well, the rest. Do you of the know year. what I'm going to do week one? That doubleheader Monday nighter that I'm sure we'll be playing in. I'll bet Jared Cook to so. score I think first you're getting, touchdown. I think you're getting the you're getting the opener. Oh no, not the opener. You're getting the Sunday night opener at Arrowhead. That's what you're getting. Oh. Are you kidding me? Mahomes, that's not Herbert, fair. Prime time. I got that's a hundred percent what oh, they want to do. At least they don't have to You're drop a opening banner. Sunday night game. I don't want to be no. at Arrowhead. No, they'll drop uh, as Tim would always say. They'll drop the AFC Championship banner. No, I don't think would love that. that. I don't think they'll do that in Kansas City. But no, I think Chiefs Chargers. That's what's you're getting that opening Sunday night. So that's, yeah, that's I'm good. really upset about. He's such a next man to me. I love tight ends. I don't want to be here like Tim. Because my level was like two, and I never want to ever do this. But like, I played tight end. <laughs> I just like tight ends. 
Alfred Papuno. But when I say Alfred Papuno tackle football. I'm not using it as a comparison to how good or skill that that's I'm not saying like I know what you know I'm doing position. out there. No, I understand. No, I it's agree just with you. You know a position, position I have an affinity it. for. Even even more loser comment. I I incorporate the tight ends, Pat, into my Madden my Madden schemes. So do I. Well, with that's Gates, what, that's what NFL Henry, teams are doing right now. But I, I don't want to incorporate Jared Cook. I don't want to throw him the ball. Well, you have now, Parham. So now I got to draft a guy. That's my problem. I need a second or third round pick now at tight end. I do not like my tight end depth chart. Uh, Cody on Twitter asked if TC wants to buy shares of his Batman Forever glasses, and he posted a picture of his Batman Forever glasses that he has in his house. <laughs> you want to buy fractional shares, Tim? No, but you guard those with your life, son. Yeah, don't leave they them. They be taken away from you don't in a flash, and you never know house. if it's coming. Yeah, um, is there anything else like that? I barely why. I watched a lot of the tournament on Friday. And then I tuned in because I was like, I had the I had a super like upset parlay just for kicks that had Abilene Christian in Ohio on it, but it also had who was the team? Oh, Utah State. It was Utah State and Texas Tech. And I tuned in. Utah State was like killing them. And I tuned yeah. in. I, I pulled a full Andercust. Uh, Texas Tech went on like a 19-0 run. I f- just I forgot how maddening it is to watch college basketball because I hadn't done it yet this year. It's like, oh yeah, these Me guys either. fucking suck. Yeah, I hadn't done it this well, year. I hadn't it, done it, it probably since before the tournament last year because I don't think I watched it last year, Pat. But it did remind there was, me. There was no Yeah, that's what I mean. Year. So I didn't watch regular season college ball last year. So what I'm saying is last college ball I would have watched was when Virginia won. And it, and I'm oh, it's it's funny. It takes like a day into the tournament or three hours. It feels like you have money on a game right now because you keep to, checking the score. To, to, to realize <laughs> that it's like there's um, some of these games are like all these athletes versus like a Jewish summer league camp team. But the Jewish summer league camp team holds their own in these things. Sometimes it's pretty weird, especially this year. It, like maybe it's there's a team that played Kansas. I swear to God, I bet on them. Eastern they Washington. Lost. Yeah, the, the, they, those, covered. they covered. <laughs> I swear to God, I went to summer camp with two brothers that looked just like that and played very good basketball. Good fundamentals. Just I don't know. Obviously, that's a that is the truth, but I'm not. Obviously, they weren't nearly as good at basketball, but them and their afros and their beards. And then today, the BYU game was fun. Uh, Yeah, last night the Abilene Christian and Texas game last night was fun. Uh, There was uh, the the end of the UVA game was good too. Uh, Virginia got tight down the stretch. Uh, The the I I have watched as I always do a lot of this tournament, and even though it has lost a little bit of its ambiance because there aren't the crowds really, uh, there has been some really compelling play and. uh, I'm just happy to have it, even if it's not quite 100% of what it usually is, it's still better than what was a snoozer golf tournament this weekend, so it's not like I missed anything. I'll watch bad golf, I'll watch bad basketball, I get it. I'm part of the people that, like, acknowledges, or even says some of this basketball is, like, bad quality, but I got no problem. It's not even about the quality, it's about the kids and the faces and and the coaches' wives, like, freaking out. We're going to watch guys in a couple of months throw javelins. And then, you you will jump the world will. Uh, Tim, Tim how, how far did you say you could throw a javelin again? I think I could throw it like 10, 15, 20 meters. That is a huge back off from your initial assessment of how far you could throw it. It's the most cursed game as ever. Two more like executives got canned. It's Game's a in big Olympics. trouble. Game's in big trouble. But they're, also, they're happening, aren't they? 
Yes. Yeah, but they're point, not welcoming anybody. It's late in the game to cancel it. There's no Well, fans. it's only people who live in Japan, I think, for the most part, who will be allowed to attend as spectators. But yeah, the games are going to go on. They don't want to deny these kids who've been working their whole lives and Olympics if they can possibly get around. If, you get every, if every other sporting event in the world, other than they can figure it out, the Olympics can figure it out. So two things. One, do you think that the lack of fans in these places has contributed to all these like huge upsets? Or do you think it was like bad seating? bad seating usually the the fans as if you remember when we were there in person the fans will usually get behind the underdog because three quarters of the people in the the stadium are cheering for teams that will be playing another game and therefore will get that underdog in the next round right so they get fired up to see that 15 seed knock off a two and the crowd if you're just there as a neutral observer you'll want to see the upset so, I, I mean, I don't think that the cr- lack of crowds has been helping the underdogs. I think in a case like Loyola Chicago, is bad seeding. Or, uh, I mean, I can't speak whether Oral Roberts was poorly seeded or not, but clearly the, the committee didn't look at the numbers. I mean, Ben could figure it out in 10 seconds that the committee had done a bad job. And, you know, so it, it's obvious, right, that the, the seeding was done poorly and there was advantages to be taken. But no fans. But it's still a fun tournament. It's still fun. There's still tons of upsets and uh, – exciting shots and so i'm having fun no fans i think through all sports though it i I would argue based on the teams that won some of the championships be it the dodgers or i want to say the lakers or in hockey the lightning those were all like well the the lightning are used to playing in front of zero fans sure but those were all like the one seeds and and even in golf when we look back at the golf it was all like the who's who i guess morikawa was a bit of a but he's yeah but he's a thing now but that's a fun argument yeah, but that and we and will... had never won majors and they won majors without crowds. Would that crowd noise have affected not Bryson, Bryson but Morikawa uh, was him. a fun Morikawa was only a fun convo point because he's never won with a crowd. Yeah. He won at Barracuda or the Barbasol, whatever it was. Sorry. But yes. that's not a major. No, it's not a major, a major no, but, but, but to right. say that he's never won in front of a crowd, he has won a PGA. Yes, event thank you for crowd. correcting me, but he's this incredible run to superstardom and he's so calm and even keeled with the crowds of like, Kill, I, I, there's not a win you could take away from him. Uh, I'm just saying he's in our golf, cash cow. Leave him alone. No, I'm saying in golf, he's the one like guy that dominated this no crowd time. Well, um, in the most part, other players that won had won plenty in the past. So you just knew they were winning. Yeah. Now, was it a product of no fans and that led yeah. to like little like the intangible things like crowd pressure getting yeah, to you're not wondering how golf or is it just all the good players played all the time because they had yeah. nothing else to do you're not wondering how well, dj will will act too. with fans i'm also listen this is a totally fair point and we'll talk about this when we get to august and september everybody that was like a dress rehearsal justin herbert like in a loss went to the superdome and lit it up put on a show for monday night statistical ages would he do that in a, in a, no, I said that off the top. They didn't win the game. I, but, but my point being is like, if there, that's a screaming hornet's nest, maybe he starts the game five of 12 with a pick. Like, I don't know. I'm happy he succeeded in the dress rehearsal, but every rookie, like the good ones, the bad ones, you think that's going to be- on is that going to benefit Tua? Cause you know, he's used to rowdy places, ruckus places. Although I guess in Miami, no Oregon is pretty, up. listen, Oregon's got some of the craziest fans um ever but we acknowledge through football season like part of aaron Rodgers' dominance to the mvp was how like home road he did whatever he wanted he was so smart uh in combination with a great center making some great calls <laughs> at the line of scrimmage you're starting to sound like tim now <laughs> i'm just 
I'm just putting air in that tire. Uh, you know, a I'm totally excited for dominant. that. Uh, who impressed you NCAA March Madness wise, Tim, this weekend that you watch? You're like, oh shit, like they're good. Loyola Chicago. Like, they absolutely, absolutely played defense to just unravel Illinois. I, I was shocked by that. Like, I thought they were good. I had no idea that they were that good. They played like a two seed. They, did you see Sister, G- listen. Sister Jean? Yeah, Jean, that's, that's Tim's wife. <laughs> <laughs> From, you met her at Aquafit? Yeah. I, 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 her I'm scouting hesitant report. to say anything about Sister Jean. Her, her sc- scouting. 101 years old. Say it. And. She's I think hot. she's great. Okay. I think she's a great mascot for the team. Uh-oh. Uh, I think she's a wonderful, like, guiding presence. And, like, now that – I mean, I want Gonzaga to win, but Loyola Chicago otherwise has got my full support because that would be a great story. They made the Final Four a couple of years ago. People seem to want to forget that, which is why they were seeded so poorly. Happened to Butler, too. Butler went to the championship game. Then the next year, they got seated as an eight seed and went back to the championship You game. better hope she Some makes it. Schools don't get the recognition they deserve because they've got to give the Big Ten 15, 15 spots, and they, they don't give the if they If they had given the Big Ten 48 spots, would they have, like, won a game? Well, uh, I guess Illinois like, won a game. And Iowa, Michigan won a game. And Rutgers lost. won a game. Oh, Rutgers. Wisconsin yeah. crushed UNC. Loyola, that that okay, that is my favorite thing about the tournament is watching that game. And there's a guy that looks like he's gonna be playing at the hoop dome at 45, <laughs> is crushing this number one seed Illinois. Like in the post Remember that guy with the Comer dribble. from I couldn't Florida even tell Dunk you Coast? I couldn't even tell you their his Florida name. Coast. Oh, Dunk City? Yeah, who's yeah, I remember the the guy named Comer on that team. Like he, we knew, you never knew who he was, except that he just kept dropping the anvil, uh, you know, constantly. Like he just kept dunking. Which you, you know, that's what's so great about college ball is that you have a chance to win a championship, and in every other sport, it's just not really possible for a small, little, tiny institution outside of like Leicester City, and that was why it was such a huge deal when Leicester City won. It's like, it's impossible. But in college basketball, like there's a there's a real path there win six games and you get it so that's what makes it so cool it's time once again to tell you all about magic spoon growing up cereal one of the best parts about being a kid but ever since i switch to magic spoon i don't mind eating some cereal anymore because it's not full of sugar that other junk that you don't eat it's a great snack it can be a great breakfast and i've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food in general so that means i basically can't eat anything and you know i tried protein shakes and like powders and listen i'm not a bodybuilder that stuff's not really for me but i did find this was a delicious way to get my protein before and after workouts so that's working out for me there are zero grams of sugar 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving of magic spoon and only 140 calories per serving It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got exciting news, friends. Magic Spoon will be releasing two amazing new flavors this month for a limited time only. 
We're talking about cookies and cream and maple waffle. That sounds awesome. And if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, then I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat yourself combo. So make sure you get some while you can for a limited time or just build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. I recommend fruity because those are awesome. I would just get fruity and eat those all of the time. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships to Canada as well. And you can do other things by mixing stuff together. Mix cocoa with peanut butter and it tastes exactly like a peanut butter cup, except it's super nutritious. So you have that going for you as well. Go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use my promo code mayo at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is good now anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code mayo at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed the 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for whatever reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Next card. Or next piece of memorabilia, Act Collectible, the app. Again, use code FTM when you sign up to go buy some shares of potentially, Tim. How about this? A PSA 9 graded 1960 Willie Mays card. Yeah. Look at that. They don't make them like they used to. The market cap is $18,250. You can buy a share of these for $2 a pop if you want to. Tim, that's in your budget. (laughs) Willie Mays, I mean, like, look how beautiful that card is. Yeah. Like, I'll take a card that looks like that over the, when Jeff brought in all those Herbert cards that look like weird and like shimmering, shimmering and like has this and that. You didn't like the discos. I despised that silver one with all the sparkles on it. (laughs) Uh, That, that there is, is is a baseball card. Uh, That's something that. That, that that's a that's a sharp looking card yeah so you can buy into that for two dollars a share that's going to be the opening ipo price that drops on wednesday and then on thursday there's a 1957 frank robinson graded psa 9 card as well uh tim that should be pretty close to you uh lay expo your boy frank robinson let's say i remember frank uh frank robinson standing in the dugout at the big o when the Everyone in the world was down on the Expos, and they kept trading guys away in that 2002 season. He just kept getting that team to win games. It was uh, that I mean, that was the greatest baseball season of my life. Was that 2002 year? The Expos didn't make the playoffs. Morenci was doing really, post game. Yeah, Morenci was the post game guy. The greatest season ever. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah, it was the greatest year ever uh, it, for for those of us who you know I stopped having a baseball team after 2004. So. It, it was a really exciting year. The Expos almost made the playoffs, and they made that big trade to get a Deki Arabu. Uh, <laughs> was that the, was a big deal? Yeah, but was that in two thousand? Yeah, right? was that the year they traded for and Bartolo? Bartolo Colon was the also a big Cliff Lee that, that gave great. away Grady Sizemore Cliff and all Lee. kinds of stuff. There was, there was and Michael Brantley was the other one in that deal, I think. And Michael Brantley, but they were wow. trying to make the playoffs for yeah. the first time since nineteen eighty one. So, like, I got it, but it was tough. 
but yeah, I have very fond memories of Felipe Alou and Frank Robinson being my manager. Did you have a fond memories of Moises Alou peeing on his hands instead of wearing batting gloves? My grandmother despised him because she thought it was so filthy that he did that. <laughs> it was pretty freaking It gross. was also his fault that Bartman got all in the trouble that he did. Because it's Alou who throws his glove down and starts yeah, screaming. Okay, you're right. If you're Alou right. doesn't call I mean, it, it, it's, it's also field, Bartman's fault. Yeah, yeah, but if Alou doesn't react, that is just a foul ball that no one ever talks about. Yeah, I don't know how you're... Yeah. My favorite collectible is coming next. You ready for this? Oh, I love Re- this. WrestleMania is coming up. And what you could, starting on Friday, you can own a game-worn Andre the Giant jockstrap. Game used. Market cap is 29K. You can buy in for 10 bucks a share. Wow. I might try to get, I feel like this is going to be worth something. Like this a is, lot. This is something. Um, I was wondering when I saw the thumbnail to the show, what exactly I was looking at. I thought I was confused. This is incredible. I would I would definitely be in on this. Did you know that when I don't know if Tim, the- Tim doesn't drink all that much, but when he like drinks a bit too much, he starts to sound like Andre the Giant. He's like, oh, Tim, that's not my name. <laughs> it's listen, like if you if, some, if you slow listen, this down to like point two five speed and listen to Tim talk, that's how he talks when he's drunk. Look. I don't need to drink to be a master at impersonations. I already am. Well, let's hear your Andre the Giant then. <laughs> oh, hello there, everybody. My name is Andre the Giant. Andre me uh, from the Princess Brides. Andre the Giant? Is that giant. what you said? <laughs> giant. I am from France. Well, that's from now, France. That's pretty good. Did you watch the Andre documentary? Yeah, it was, great. It was right. awesome. Yeah. It was very good. He, there's a great uh, little bit with him in the Ric Flair documentary, too, if memory serves. The Flair one was all over the place. The 30 for 30. Well, yeah. it was both interesting and funny and then incredibly sad. It was and hopeful at the end. It was really sad. My wife cried. Well, I mean, Nature Boy went through a lot. So many, I, much of it is of his own doing, but also not always of his own doing. Okay, true story. I saw Andre the Giant in a hotel bar once this would have been like 91 90 91 my dad did not let me approach him he was too big he was just no he was i guess like uh i guess you didn't just interfere with andre at, at the bar at a hotel lobby or not i think there was quite a few already uh down there well, that was like when we, I think it was when Which we- Which is regrettable. That would have been great. Yeah, to go meet him. Oh. Was, I, I My grandfather was a, was a pilot, so he- Daddy's a pilot. Yeah, he's not anymore. Too old. <laughs> a bit too old to be flying them commercial planes these days. But he, back probably in like the early 90s when the WWF came to our city, he was the pilot on the plane that flew them in. Because right. back then they like didn't, I assume they fly private now but they were just flying commercial then. Yeah. So he got like everyone's autograph. He said, The Undertaker, a very tall man. Yeah. I'm, was Paul Bearer there? I knew a good Paul Bearer too. I mean, you Why can't... are you laughing, Jeff? Oh! That sounds more like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh! Oh, I'm Paul Bearer, oh! No, you, you have to be more drawn out with Paul Bear. And it goes from like down to up. You should go as Paul Bear every Halloween. I was thinking about going as Fat Elvis for Halloween. That'd be good too. What are your sta- what, 
I'd what? be good at Elvis. Yeah, it sounds like you're Richard Nixon, which is also very good. Yeah, you, I the, lived that, in your Belinda for a while till the media got after me. We, I think it was actually the year that we went to March Madness, and the fourth guy that we went with didn't he say he saw Ric Flair in the Charlotte airport? And Rick he Flair, did. And Ric Flair was Rick just there for a woo, and he, Ric Flair was giving of, out woos in the air, in the Charlotte airport, that, just wearing was in the back of one of those little buggies, just getting driven to the airport. Yeah, he was getting driven around in a buggy wearing a tank top, just Ric Flair. He was like, and our friend who's like six six, you know, just said, "Hey, Ric Flair, woo!" and he gave him a woo as he drove by. He did a that meet was ten years ago this this March. He did a meet and greet for the Hamilton Tiger Cats the last like season. So I, he's, I feel like you like, could buy fractional shares of Ric Flair's yeah, availability yeah, for things. Yeah. He's totally uh, as I guess they all should be because I'm sure they got ripped off plenty. They're all pay for play big time. Oh, when especially like autograph that yeah. that must have hurt like the uh, the sad Virgils of the world that they can't go to these wrestling conventions to sign the autographs during the pandemic. Yeah, that definitely. Although in the certain places where those are popular, I think they still had them. There's fine. Like IRS could show up. Mike Rotundo. No, I just it's mean like in- pay your taxes, Tim Andercus. I would assume even through I COVID. Liked mean Gene. I would have liked to get Mean Gene's autograph. SEC I'm country. Big fan of him. That that was your big thing. I have a like, picture. You, 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 you could meet like any any vintage person from WWF, and it was Gene Mean. You I wanted have a to meet? picture with Mean Gene. No, I'll it would be number him. one. Would definitely be Hulk Hogan. I lo- number one with I, mean, I loved Bret Hart growing up, but I feel like if I met him now, he's real crotchety. Seems like a crotchety oh, individual. No, buddy, he seems sour. Sorry. The word on Bret, even when things were running the most pure for him, he was always a sour puss. Like, he was always a bit of a, uh, like a rough around the edges, never too warm kind of guy. Well, I, I do remember Bret Hart at WrestleMania 2 in the Battle Royal with Andre the Giant. Yeah. And like him and Nightheart, like both jumped on Andre the Jock. I wonder if the Jock Strap is from then. I feel like I want to get in on this. Buy a whole bunch of shares. Yeah, give me an Andre Jock. I see now you asked which one I'm least interested in. I would say this is probably the one I was least interested All right, in. This so is far. the one we got to invest in. I think in. this is the one we got to pool our money to go get. I didn't realize wrestlers wore Jock Straps. Or was his cock so large that he just needed it? Or else, or like it, that- was just the old, it was just the olden days. I want to make a comment, but I don't want to create post-production. Work. Well, there is no post-production. We are live. So I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He probably... Of great... It was 25... Is it 25 years since WrestleMania 10? It was like the other day. I which I think is the best WrestleMania of all time. At least in my child's mind, it sticks out to me. I was 10. I, I remember mean- my parents went to go see WrestleMania 1 at the Forum in Halifax on a big screen. Oh, that was a circuit. Thing. That's amazing. That was a thing. Like yeah. you went to like hockey arenas was- and they sold out and you could watch it on TV because this was like the 80s. Yeah. And it's like you couldn't just like buy pay-per-view in a lot of houses. You need to go somewhere. The pay-per-view where you didn't exist it. yet. Like to in yeah, your house. So, like, it was all closed are, circuit. I've heard these stories of people going to like big sporting arenas and like watching on the big screen like WrestleMania. I think number three was the first pay-per-view where like you could get pay-per-view in your house with the mania three, Andre Hogan, the most famous Pontiac Silverdome um, one. I think that was the first one. And then I guess mania four was the tournament where he got like Trump Trump's tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the million dollar man basically like paid for his spot. Yeah. And then in five, he took on Jake, the snake. No, that was six. Wasn't it? No, Snick six. He was like he was a, a manager. A man, he was already not yeah, at Skydome. 
He no, had the braces. Sorry, that was seven. He was the manager at, in the braces. Six, it was a mixed tag uh, with uh, well, you Haku. You were there. You should Yeah, know. it was a tag match with Haku. Uh, I recently actually watched a podcast that did a watch along with it. It's, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I, I would probably I, do I that. was there, and it's like a fond memory of my childhood. So, like, just re-watching and reliving it. And, like, just, it was funny. Andre could barely stand. He's, like, hunched over the ropes. He does, like, one minute in the ring. And that's when him and Heenan got in a fight, and Heenan slapped him. Oh, that's when he turned face? Yeah, turned face for a bit to be a kind of a manager. And then at seven, he was a manager, and I think he died before eight. He shouldn't even have been trotted out at seven. He was not in good shape on those walkers, but those guys like going through the curtain, I guess. I feel like the ultimate warrior pop at WrestleMania six when he ran out was probably the biggest pop ever. It's I've been, I wasn't in the sky dome when Joe Carter hit the home run, but I was in the sky dome when that, when warrior came out and I was probably sleeping and I woke up. <laughs> but you, you, Man, you must've been what? Seven mugs. years old. Yeah. Like six Didn't or seven. Some of the mugs, all the mugs. Are you looking at that picture of the mo- he has are you oh, jealous of this I'm guy's sorry, complete I thought I was set? on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm on mute. <laughs> I apologize. I like that people people want to help out too. McDonald's is great. They always had the most random What if I could things. get you some Batman Forever pugs, Tim? No, I'm I bet you I have some of them. I I actually still do have some. How come pogs are have shit? a vol- I have a I have those with pogs in it. Right, I, we- I don't know what po- I, I got to wait for some of these golf collectibles to come out. Tim kind of hit the nail on the head that, that golf was so anticlimactic. Um, the move was the in-play betting, though, because people grabbed Matt Jones like halfway through his first round. But I made a <laughs> killing today. Seifert ended up coming third. Steele ended up coming third. Just in-play, 200 to 1, 300 to 1. I grabbed Steele this morning at 750 to 1 with the top three each way. I got a split on the top three, but still paid pretty nicely. Like random jabronis were at the top of that leaderboard this week. Well, here's I, how can you blame them, right? You have the players, uh, you're sandwiched between uh, Sawgrass and uh, the WGC, so that's going to happen. And players don't like playing this course to begin with, right? So I'm I'm happy people people must have like misconstrued my advice when they were showing me their first round Matthew Jones bets and saying that's what I was talking about. Because I wasn't talking about like betting guys live on Thursday. No, neither was I. I was waiting to like, like they hit. I don't care whether you got it at 50, 40, 33, um, whatever. Yeah. What a boring. It, it was the least amount of golf I've watched since the, since the year began. I was actually said this to myself because, you know, I love this event and I attend it practically every other year. And hopefully the situations are fine where we can go back, do another DFS open, yada, yada, yada. Oh, by the way, the Listener's League link for this week, where there is no rake for the match play, is available in this show if you hit the description right now. I already have my research show out, and you and I are going to do a show tomorrow, but the reason that we're doing this now is because they're not releasing the brackets, and it's going to be like an hour and a half long show at 11 a.m. that by the time the odds come out, like we're probably not even going to film to like three, so the show is just going to come out later than it normally does, and there's no DraftKings show this week because the tournament starts on Wednesday. I like this tournament and everything, but it's not great from a content perspective. No, but I enjoy it. It's fun for betting those first few days, too. Also, like, between this week, match play, and then, like, Valero will throw some action in on, like, then it's the Masters. Like, it's a nice, like, little three lesser weeks before we get to the Masters. It's kind of nice. Yeah. 
of course. So I feel like we can take it easy here for a few weeks before like really hammering. Home. Yeah, it's a chance for you guys to catch your breath. I mean, that's what the golf season provides you. I mean, I, I like match play. I wish there was a lot more match play throughout the season. So I and I prefer the Sundays. I like watching just that one match oh, and that so one bad. match. It's so me, bad. That's, well, but that's golf in its truest form. But it's not. Right? It, that, it, that, it is insufferable back TV. to the tradition of the sport or how it used to be played. And it's man on man, man v man. I like it a lot and I wish that we saw it more often. But insofar as when we get to see it at the players, or sorry, at the President's Cup, the Ryder Cup, and this. Uh, I sort of relish it when the opportunity comes around. There's a huge difference between the match play at the Ryder and President's Cup versus this, because all the guys are playing singles matchup on the course at the same time. Like, I would say that the best part of match play are the first two days of the match play tournament when everyone's on the course at the same time. It's great. Now I can flick around to this group and what's going on here. It's not... I tried to watch golf today and I tuned in and I was watching it a bit in the morning because, like, Steele was making a move and Seifert was making a move. I was like, all right, here we go. This isn't bad. Uh, things could work out for me. I was like, maybe Neiman can shoot eight under. Why not? And get into it. Maybe Jones collapses. Who knows? So that was fun. Then I watched the actual main broadcast for two holes. And then J.B. Holmes spent 20 minutes looking for a ball on the second hole that he lost. And then another 10 minutes fighting with rules officials. I was feeling, I, I'm glad Matt Jones was able to persevere through playing with J.B. Holmes today. Like, remember how pissed off Brooks was at the British Open playing with J.B. Holmes? He's like, fuck this. I like, I, I don't care what I shoot today. Yeah. Just get me off this course. And even, Paul, what were you saying? Like, you were watching with your mom at the very end? J.B. Holmes approaches the 18th hole. He's plus nine on the day. Yeah. <laughs> He's already played himself out of the tournament. There's not big money on the line at this point. And he took, like, a minute like lining up the chip out of the bunker and then like stepping back, like, you know, testing the wind a bit, stepping back up to it. And then he hits it over the green to the other side. And it's just like, get this guy off of my TV. Like he's already played himself out. He's just being like, cheap at this point yeah, and like, poor Matt what, Jones. what i say though like what's he fighting for the, an extra 500 bucks on those shots like get like let matt jones have his moment you bum it's the tour that's at fault here they're allowing this to go on they're the culpable parties here they could put a stop to this anytime they want it they allow it to go on well the players they are sanction the, the players are at fault too because matt jones could say he wants him on the clock and he yeah, I mean, yeah but that's not Matt Jones' job. And, and and Matt Jones... There's a rules official walking with with every group. Like, make the call. He's a remarkable player to watch because... He's like Snedeker. Just but, walks up to the ball yeah, and hits you, it. You still think, based on watching other guys, there's like another like 12 seconds of waggle. You're like, whoa, he's like full release and gone. And the commentary... I mean, they made mention. He really did sort of change his approach. Like, he was playing with JB... And he kind of took some time. There wasn't a lot of places to go, though, as much as you would think. Like, I was tracking the pace of the group in front of them, and and they were often in, waiting in, in the fairway. The people that complain about JB, as you would with anyone you play with, whether it be real life I or remember, these guys. I remember when you complained when you played with Norrin that time. Yeah, so that's annoying, but... but, but um, they get real frustrated when he literally does nothing until it's his turn to hit. Like, I know that's he more like an, am- an amateur thing. Like, I get real mad at one of my buddies. Like, we play quick. We, we do are play quick. quick. Yeah, you always want to play quick. Yeah, fine. Like, obviously, like, it's good times. But come on. Like, you need if to you start your You take more than two route. practice swings. 
I start to get a little bit. You don't agitated. need to start your routine when um, when you're up now. Yeah, like you can if you've got a routine, get into your routine. Well, I saw Matt, Matt Jones did that a few times. He was like, "Yeah, you're up, JB." Like, you could, I think it was Matt Jones who shot. He's like, "No, no, you go first. Like, let's <laughs> get this over with, so I can just step up yeah. and hit it." <laughs> so I'm not just wait. I'm not pulling a Matt Kuchar sitting in the middle of the fairway eating a sandwich. But him being out last actually does help. It'd be a whole lot worse if he was like the third to last group out, because then it fucks up like everyone. Everyone. Else well, but then them. then the tour has more reason to say get going, or we're deducting strokes. Well, when did the tournament actually end? Because it ended well past like the window it was supposed to be on, didn't it? He's like I suspect quarter after, quarter I, after lying. six. Yeah, so it went fifteen minutes long. That's not too bad. Although Matt Jones is up by five, like just you know two putt and let's get out of here kind of thing. It wasn't even close either. Like Wise had his like he. Triple bogey 10, and that was the end of him after making it a nice run. But he was up by halfway through round three. He was up by six strokes on Matt Jones. I had to flick over early because Phil got hot out of the gates. Does and he, I thought, oh, Phil might run off like a minus seven here. And who knows? This is a crazy track where everyone could blow up. But then he couldn't quite nail it down. But he, Phil is fighting to get to Torrey Pines. So like he's going to be taking these opportunities seriously. Is Phil live at the Masters? Because he's not playing bad golf. Is he not in Torrey Pines? No, I don't believe so. No. They're he not going to make made, an exemption I, I, for him? I don't think he'll accept the exemption. In San no, Diego? No, he, he only got into Wingfoot because he won a qualifier, if memory serves. Can he say that he left, he left, he didn't show up to one because his daughter was graduating? Yeah, the one he would have won. He's like, that's my exemption right yeah. there. I would have won. Oh, he would have came in. He's still too proud to do that. You he won't take the exemption, I don't think. You need to advocate on his behalf, Tim. I'm pretty confident no, listen, he would Phil, take Phil the exception. The uh, he would take it. What do you mean he wouldn't take it? I don't think he, he said he wasn't going to take it at Wingfoot. Oh, I didn't know that he, he said he said wasn't going to take, take it unless I earn my way in at Wingfoot. I'm Good not for coming, him. He said. Props to Phil. Good for you, buddy. He'll just go so play the seniors it, tour. It's what between Phil and make... Spieth for the last Ryder Cup spot. I guess so. I'm joking. But... <laughs> Like, yes, yeah, Phil is live, live at, at the Ma- Masters. Okay, no, that's can what I-, I was thinking about. Like, Spieth is kind of, I mean, Spieth Ricky's not in, but, get- but Spieth is kind of perfect because he's out of the bottom bracket too because so many people withdrew. He's now at the bottom of the third bracket, but it's a perfect course because he can go make a quadruple bogey. It doesn't really matter. There's going to be some insanely tough groups and some laughable groups. I was looking at the seeds. The world rankings are always a little iffy and some guys are going to, like, I... I don't want to see that Tim's how do I put this? Tim's going to not be worried about this, but knowing Spieth's luck, he's going to draw like the Westwood, like power group. <laughs> right. Yeah, where Westwood's, Westwood's the one so seed. high in like the world rankings now that he's going to get a, be a ca- captain. Like respect to Westwood and he's playing and he ran through Florida, which he's always Except for this played week. well. Yeah, we kind of thought he would. Win. Well, now Whatever. I want Westwood to be a captain's pick just so that I can say I was right. Captain's pick? He just he might he, he might he might just play himself on a that second place with which the players. Which is what I said weeks ago and was at laughed this point, at visibly. He, at this point, no, he's got to play I, I, himself I was, off it. No, I, we didn't laugh at you that he would make the team. We we laughed at the fact that he's actually really bad for the team at that location. But only the top six in points get on the team. Oh yeah, that's true because right, so the Europe Europeans, Europeans have six wildcard picks. Yeah, the only top six get in on points, and the captain gets six picks. If memory serves. Well, I mean, we need, uh, I guess Justin Harding doesn't qualify. He won over in uh, Kenya. The, he won the magical Kenya this week. 
It's a fun little thing. I was watched it. Was it good? I didn't see any. They're of it. playing the same course next week. I wonder what that. I know. Is. I, I believe uh, Sky is actually Sky and Tom are shooting the show tonight for because I think it starts on. Tuesday. Is it the exact same field? Basically, yeah. So maybe like could we get Guido, Guido again? We're over? going Guido again. So you got a real good Guido number. It was like by game time. Yeah, it was, it was like, like down like twenty. Well, you, well, you won it. there the year before. I know, but I didn't want to bet it at twenty, and I was really worried I'd have FOMO. So I was kind of cheering. Not cheering You're cheering against, against my bets? No, it was, uh, I, I don't really, need. I don't need you rooting against. Not cheering lose against, on their not own. against. I had a guy in this. Would you league. like me to root against? Your I had a guy yes. that was two shots off the lead after the third round and shot. Uh, was like when was I it woke, Nordhammer. Or whatever it was his? like Vermeen. He's like some young American kid. Some real. Oh, Yo- Johans Vermeen. But his flag was American. He's American. I guess so. He, he sounds Dutch. Maybe it's a Dutch flag and you were just looking at I like talking to Tom and Scott. They know so many. There's enough American kids. It's hard for me to keep up with the European ones who all have this. Rithammer is the guy I'm thinking of. They all like, a lot of them are just these baby-faced looking kids. They're hard to put names to. I was watching the third <laughs> round with uh, Phil was playing with the Panamal. Does Pan always wear aviators or did he do that especially because he was know. playing with Phil? But the bro- they both were rocking the aviators. Faraday and Azinger must mistake Pan for like an incredible golfer. Because there was a 17-foot putt that Azinger, one of them said they think he's uh, that he should make this. And then he had a bunker shot where like, this is no problem. He's looking to hole it. And it was really hard and he didn't even get yeah, it. But you have to understand that Azinger's just taking a stab. Azinger doesn't know what he's talking about. I so. almost think Faraday was like, oh, they just showed us this pan putt. I'm going to take a shot knowing there's at least like a 54% chance he makes it because because they put it on the screen in front of me. Yeah. Why else would we be showing yeah. CT Pan at this point? <laughs> Although he hung around when you thought. He cost me. That Hagee he seven. Cost, he cost me, by making birdie on 18, a good 350 bucks. Okay. My by last... cutting my each ways down even more. By getting back to minus six. I know there was a moment where it kind of went bad for everybody. But something happened to Shane Lowry in the middle, like on Round in the three? middle of his back nine Saturday. He, he made the turn and just completely and then imploded. For the next twenty-seven holes, he carried around a barf bag. Like I don't mean that literally. He was, I guess. Listen, he thought he could win, had a mindset to win, and then he was so dead. And he, like, I don't doubt checking out. There's a WGC and big golf, but. I don't know. Well, there was an Instagram video after the fact. I think it was of Lee Westwood at his place. And he's sitting like poolside. He's like, yeah, I missed the cut. I'm, I'm going on to, in the match play. Then you see Shane Lowry in the background do a cannonball into the pool. Oh, yeah. So I don't think he's sweating yeah. it. <laughs> okay. One more golf comment. Kiradash looks like he's dropped 60, he's, half a person. Oh, He's, he's, he's still big. He, but- he went full on Carl Peterson. And then Carl is he also oh. is he also going to need ice cream to gain the weight back so I don't the know. swing yeah, isn't compromised? Is, is if he plays bad, he blames the weight loss. Fat guys have done that. Duffner did that for a bit too. Is Duffner still skinny? Remember Duffnering? DJ yeah. or sorry, uh, JD used to say that he lost weight that he didn't play as well. That like he threw his equilibrium off, if I remember. Not that JD didn't have other problems, but who John John Dale. Oh. He had other problems? No. Get out of here, Tim. Okay? I like John. I like John. I, every, does anyone dislike John Daly? He's probably more famous than Justin Thomas. Like, he has more name value than it, it, all it the is, super elites that kinda, we speak well, about. It's kind of weird that you mentioned that because that kind of 
it's sort of like the Fowler thing right now, and even the speed thing well, for did a you while. See Fowler's comments this week because he was asking feeling about good it. about his game. No, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I won we'll, the bet, we'll, Bryce Garnett. We'll, we'll, we'll get yeah, Bryce, I, the best of man, Garnett. People let me know right away. They think I got <laughs> duped, and I just had to accept it because one of the guy's odds were half the others. Yeah, well, okay, Bryce Garnett's odds were two hundred. Yeah, one. no, I didn't. I'm like, no, I didn't get duped. They're like, uh, the Bryce Garnett win short course Mayo got you. I'm like, well. Props to Mayo, like he obviously picked a guy, but I had to take him at even money for a guy less than half, like more than half the other guy's odds. And it's a player I like. We can debate um, more, I guess, of that. There. Oh, Ricky, he was asked about the Faldo comments, and it was a fun little quote. He's like, listen, things aren't going great, but I'm lucky to have great partners and we make great commercials. <laughs> like, listen, I'm going to keep trying to knock this door down. But in the meantime, I'm I, getting paid. I appreciate my partners. And if I like, yeah, I might be shooting commercials master week, uh, master's week now. But that's Justin sh- Rose would do it. Yeah. Why can't I? It's it's the entire cachet that is Ricky Fowler, though. Like he's regardless. Of, I mean, part of it would be like if he stays shitty for like five years, he'll be irrelevant. Well, but even if he's shitty for two more years, people are still going to like Ricky and he'll be in and commercials guess what? Because people know who he is. And guess what? He's going to fly in and out of these tournaments with Justin and Jordan. He lodges with them when they're like at these. So does that does that mean we're in store for a Justin Thomas like a year from now? He's gonna be like shitty for two years. No, he's he has no. But does he have a girlfriend or a wife? But, but JT's won no. stuff. But so is won a major. But so is Speed. Speed won three. People will come down yeah, on JT when he like gets engaged. I don't know if he has even a girlfriend right now. He seems like he's sort of. He's yeah, they showed of, her at the Player Championship last week. Okay, yeah, I guess I should have have known that. But people will. People will call the JT downturn when he has a wife. Like, just like Rom, Rom is supposed to have a baby the week of the Masters. People aren't talking about that. Let's bet Rom then. Rom baby swag? But he said he'd leave, too. Leave us high and dry? Do you think DraftKings No, would leave the Masters for the baby. Oh, I thought he left his wife because she had a baby on Masters week. Sorry, babe, you're out of here. Well, man, and who has Rom learned a lot from playing golf? Phil. And Phil used to carry around that pager at the U.S. Open. Uh, saying he'd leave the course if he had to because his wife was having a kid. Like, I wouldn't. Th- of course, Rom's going to do that. Rom is an ASU guy too. Like, yeah, ASU I, I guy won. Matt Jones. Oh yeah, that's right. I only knew that because they. I guess it's smart. They put the college things up on Saturday today. So, yeah, they put it up today. That's usually col- golf channel. Usually reserves a uh, college day for being Saturday to flash up everyone's. Any more golf you got? We'll do mm-hmm. golf tomorrow. We're not doing a recap tomorrow. Though. That's why I kind of wanted to get it out of the way now for the recap of Honda because there's 16 pods to talk about once the, all of the match play comes out. Final item up for grabs this week from the collectible app, Tim. Throw it up on the screen, Paul, so he can see it here. Whoa. It is a baseball signed by 11 original <laughs> inductees to the Hall of Fame. You can buy into it for $10. The market cap for it right now is $300,000. The owner is retaining a lot of this. He's retaining $224,000 of it, so there's $76,000 available. But this thing's got to be worth more than that. You'd have to think so, wouldn't you, Tim? That's Ty Cobb's signature. That's Cy Young. That's Babe Ruth. That's, I suspect, Walter Johnson. Like, those are not just some of the greatest baseball players to live ever, but like in terms of like famous people ever and like all time sportsmen, like, yeah, there's Walter Johnson right there in the middle. Like 
Walter Johnson, the best pitcher to have ever thrown a baseball. Babe Ruth, probably the best hitter to ever hit a baseball. Uh, Cy Young, one of the greatest pitchers to ever throw a baseball for whom he's immortalized. Uh, that, that, that's an incredibly cool piece of memorabilia. There's the Babe Ruth signature right there. Yeah. I mean, no, no one ever did it better. I just got a text to tell me the custody results have been tabulated. So Uh-oh. I'm excited to go look at that later. This is something come up in my feed. And I was like, this must just be a pre-programmed thing that he sent out on the Twitters. But I was like, oh, voting closed today. And then I said, I, so I decided like a fool to open up and just, I don't vote because it would be, you know, it'd be inappropriate for me to vote. Uh, but I, I looked at the categories and I was like, I defend most of what's going on here. And mm-hmm. others would be like, oh God, how am I going to deal with this when this gets discussed? <laughs> like that time you got everyone at that radio station, not only fired, but the radio station closed. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. Oh, you should wait until what I potentially have in store for you for the custies about that. <laughs> is all I'll say. That's a tease that they call in the biz. That's SEO right there. <laughs> this is like the, the coup de gras of this list that we put out though, right? Oh yeah, this is this is beyond comprehension special. Ten dollars a share. That's incredible. That's the sort of thing you would bequeath to your grandchildren and great-grandchildren in a will. Like, if it's worth $300,000 now, like, I just, I don't understand unless it was damaged somehow. And, I mean, these are locked in vaults. They're completely insured. That's what Collectible does for all of this stuff to make sure that your money is secure with everything. That, I I don't understand how this could actually go down. Maybe you could explain it to me, but I I just don't I don't No, I don't have a clue. I don't, like I said. Well, Tim said he liked it, so that's probably a negative. It's worth more than precious metals. Like, I don't know how this could depreciate. How precious of a metal? I don't know. Well, no, so I guess there are incredibly precious metals, but I don't know how something like this could depreciate. I don't know how. I don't know how it's possible. And maybe it was left next to like a, I don't know, 1988 Olympic Coke can, and then the Coke (laughs) spilled out of it and got on the ball. Just (laughs) keep ripping that wound off. Go ahead. Just keep ripping that wound. It's fine. I think we should invest in that one. We want to do that one or the jockstrap. They're both 10 bucks a pop. We can own more of the Andre the Giant jockstrap, though. So, Tim, would this be at the top of your list now, more than the Hank Aaron card or the Willie Mays card? This is by far the coolest thing I've seen. Would this be something you would showcase in your house next to your cans and Batman Forever mug? That I don't have anymore. Oh, well, get oh, that guy was offering that you can buy fractional shares. No, of but it's his not mugs. mine. It's not to say it's not. Well, it is same. yours. If you buy a fractional share, you are a part no. owner. You get to vote in the well, shareholders meeting. Yes, yes. You know, I understand. But I'm, but I'm talking about my mug. I'm talking about my cans. Like I, my cans. I nurtured them. <laughs> oh, my precious cans. Nurtured them. <laughs> it's yeah. It sounds like, like you took I, real good care of them, Tim. Evidently, I'm just. Oh, I, I, all I can do is keep my plant alive. Everything else I have, like, it seems like it just all falls apart. Who trusted you with a plant? I bought a plant a year ago, and I've been looking after it. It's a shamrock plant. I named him Seamus. Did, did, were we talking to Tim about how he's, like, really triggered that he can't, he couldn't get a McShamrock on yeah, St. Patrick's Day? Shake a shamrock shake. They're yeah. the best. Just the best. That is top-tier deluxe. Uh, milkshakes. 
There is also a Wayne Gretzky rookie card on collectible right now. I don't need to bid on it. My dad has two. Whoa. Yeah. That's I, awesome. Are those the Indianapolis Racers ones? No, it's... Um, the Oilers, the OPT. I, 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 probably, I think it's right? the 1977 Edmonton Oilers one, which is like... So collect- not the WHA. No, not the WHA. So I can find it on here. I think that I just I don't know what his would be graded out as is the problem because I don't think he has taken the best care of them over the years. They at least been kept safe. They've been kept safe. But like, I think the one that's graded up there right now is an eight. My dad has a bunch of cool hockey cards from like the 60s and 70s, but he used to put them in the spokes of his bike. Yeah, that happened to a lot of people. Apparently, that was just a thing that people did back then. Yeah, no. So like they're all bent, bent and in bad shape. Well, I mean, you could look at it one way because a lot of people are buying these cards now, like all your Herbert cards. Yeah. Like you, you brought them in to show off on the show, but it's not like you do anything with them. No. It, at least back in the day <laughs> when you bought, like they're investments is essentially what they are. That in like the 60s and 70s and even the early 80s, yeah, mid 80s, right. that kind of thing. That you know, when you got the cards, you, like, you played with them because they were toys. Exactly. No, that, that's well put. They're an investment now in a way that they were a plaything back then. Yeah. Particularly in an era where people didn't have nearly as much as we do now. True. Oh, there's a Mickey Mantle card coming soon? A 1952 Mickey Mantle card, Tim. A Babe Ruth? A 1916 Sporting News rookie card, Babe Ruth, valued at $3.69 million, will be coming soon to the collectible app. It's pretty good. Oh, a Sidney Crosby sign card. I wonder if it's that Tim Hortons card that I got. Probably not, since this <laughs> one's worth $200,000. Yeah, probably not. I feel like that would be a safe one. I would think so. A, a Crosby. So. A Cros- out of, like, it's not really necessarily <laughs> our era, but those guys are the same age as us. So from the time that we were in college. I used on, to play hockey against Crosby. So yeah, he's exactly the same age as me. And he is exactly the same age as you, isn't he? Was that before or after his dad wasn't allowed in arenas anymore? <laughs> I think it was around the same time. We were both like nine, eight or nine. I played against him. How'd that go? I don't remember. I don't remember anything about the game. I just remember his, like, even then his name was buzzing in and around here. Like people knew that his, uh, he had a special talent. Uh, Meanie played against him too at a bit of an older age. Cause Meanie's the same age as me. So that'd be like two years older than Crosby. Crosby yeah. was so fucking good that it was just like, yeah, you, you go play up against people who are two years older than you when you're 11 or something like that. Wow. And Meany's like, yeah, he's, it was just fucking, you don't play against people like that in your lifetime. No. It's just, you notice it. Uh, right now, actually, uh, IPO is live for this, Tim. $10 a share up on the collectible app right now. Punch in FTN if you go to it. A Sandy Koufax, 1964-1965 Dodgers jersey. Four hundred thousand, four hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars. Looks pretty sharp. Why is Kofax stuff so valuable? Because Sandy represents the pinnacle of the player that burned so brightly that he couldn't last as long as others. Like his flash was brighter than anybody's. And I'm also sure baseball in the 1960s also had a resonant culture with the Jewish community. And him being a superstar athlete who happened to be Jewish, I'm sure Jeff can speak to this. Like that holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Yeah, did you have a Sean Green jersey growing up? He was very popular. <laughs> he was very popular. <laughs> hold Colfax on, no, hold on. I went to I went to a uh, when I was younger. My dad 
uh, I went with my good friend and both of our dads to Dunedin for spring training, and we were at an Outback Steakhouse, and we saw Sean Green nice. having dinner with a couple other Jays, Paul Contrell, whatever. Uh, my dad and his buddy trying to be like, you know, mentions they paid for, they major, paid for Sean leaguers, Green. major leaguers <laughs> dinner, right? <laughs> But what in turn is after the meal, let you go see Andre the Giant. After the meal, they came over to say hi, and my friend's dad mentioned to Sean Green that he knew a nice Jewish girl for him. <laughs> like he needed help pulling tail in Toronto. Um, but yeah, no, we were smitten with Sean Green. Like, Absolutely, I'm trying to think like who would be the like who's the biggest Jewish athlete now? Is it still Goldberg? No, I don't. Are know. you sure? Now I've run. Uh, now my uh, Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger but is Daniel Berger no, the biggest? I've completely forgotten. But there are some good ones. Sounds um, like they're great. Yeah, I don't know. Now my memory has slipped. Uh, no, sorry. Good ones is is a stretch. Ryan there Braun. Are, there are more than than there used to be. Yeah, Ryan Braun was Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun was big for a while. We won the National League MVP. Just like Lamar Jackson won the NFL MVP. Tim, Tim got Tim got all triggered I know about you, that. You don't think it's important, but I, I actually think it's pretty important. I gotta ask like Tim a live question. Did Florida just lose? Florida is down three, and Oral Roberts has the ball uh, with 16 seconds left. I would say the Golden Eagles are in good shape. I'm about to take a bath. That's not good. Yeah, I said to our friend there the other evening that I thought that Florida was free money in this game. Are you sure Oral Roberts has the ball? Maybe they don't have the ball. I'm watching it on mute, but they're up three. Maybe Florida's inbounding. There's three with they're down three. Florida's down three with 16 seconds left. You want to just talk Correct. me through? Give me play. Yeah, by Florida's play inbounding from the backcourt. Yeah, they're taking it up the court. Number one crosses over. No he palmed it. They didn't. They didn't call it. Uh, he takes a shot from about 19 feet. Rattles, clanks. Florida gets the rebound. Throws a hail mary. Put back doesn't go. And that's game. Oral Roberts escapes. Giving you some oral, pal. Yeah, I'm that was my best Marv Albert impression without doing the yes when it goes in. I mean, at least when you said the yes, you actually sounded like Marv Albert, not yourself. You were nope. doing you were doing an impression there. No, I was just doing my play by play, which I I always wanted to be a play by play guy. I gave you I, a ch- I gave you a chance when we were doing those Madden streams, and you like started to cry when the Jets fumbled the ball on the fake kick. That was on the, the list of things to vote for, and I forgot about it, and it was like flashback memories of disaster. I was like, oh my goodness, that's right. We did Madden simulation play-by-plays, and we watched Outlaw Tour Golf. I was like, this like really was a different world 12 well, months ago. I I think the craziest thing out of all of it, uh, Paul the had... Marbles? No, the marbles? was the marbles. The marbles were the single craziest thing. That Erwin, Paul, and Cody convinced me to bet on Cage, cage Warriors. Cage Warriors. But I won a bunch of money on it, so I'm pro Cage Warriors. Cage Warriors was on my Twitter feed last night. Something went on with the Cage Warriors. Paul? Yeah, there's probably a Cage Warriors card. But uh, I, I don't know. Bartos Fabinski, let's go. Okay. That's, yeah. what, that, that's who won us all the money. The, the marbles in the sand. Do you remember this? Yes. Oh, I remember Cage this. Warrior. I thought to oh, myself. Yeah, marble. Guys, hit me up on DMs to promote his marble <laughs> racing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm not selling your marble site. <laughs> she got in big bucks. Like, he showed me a video. <laughs> <laughs> 
was one of those things like I literally just like copy and pasted it into my like friends D, like group chat like, like guys, check like, this out this shit. i'm jeff feinberg <laughs> big shot people want me to promote marbles yeah i mean back in college many of us read fukuyama's book the end of history and the last man missed it and betting <laughs> on marble well it's a very famous thesis about Skip history being one. over and uh, and the last man and uh, how like nothing matters anymore I just remember watching those marble races going, this is what Fukuyama and Nietzsche meant by last men. Like, that's it. Like, there's just nothing here anymore. Uh, I want to quickly run these by you. So we talked about Jerry Cook going to the Chargers. You could have had Gerald Everett, who, I like who went that's to the Seahawks. I yeah, I feel like that was like a better Gerald signing. Everett. I like that. I would have been down for that. Yeah. None of them were as good as our signings, but... Well, Tim, run, run us through the Jet signings. Remember how pumped you were for the brief moment it looked like Juju was going to sign with the Jets, according to you and the message I would have been happy to have him. I would have been happy oh, to have you, Juju. Oh, you, not only would you have been happy, can you can you walk us through the excitement that you had and how good Darnold was going to be? You had like a good 10 minutes where this was Well, it. that would have been a USC-USC connection. They're both young guys. They haven't really tapped their full potentials, and they could have. You know, they, they played together in that famous Rose Bowl where Donald played great and Juju played great. So I, I had visions of, because now I'm to the point where I think 95% likely the Jets are not taking a quarterback in the draft in the first round with that two pick. Is this a reverse they're using curse you going for? No, no, I just, I think, I just think that the, if you read the way they built their free agency, I think it's likelier than not they're rolling with Donald this season for good or for ill. So I don't know. That would have been another tool. But I think Keelan Cole, who they end up signing instead, in his st- is a perfectly fine player. But so I you, mean, we, you, oh, the, the, you you learned his name now, so he's no longer Keelan. It was a Cole? typo. It was a typo. I was checking out a new grocery store in town when the news came out. And what's the uh, new grocery store? Out. Yeah, there's a new superstore that opened that I wanted to check out, uh, went, and I you, couldn't find something. You but went, you I went also in, didn't want to. You went into a new grocery store. That's like a chain grocery store. That, yeah, like, but it was supposed to be like new and it's brand new and there's all kinds of, it's the first one that's been open like 16 years around, 17 years around here. And it's supposed to be a little more different, a little more hip uh, than other ones, although it, re- it really isn't. But I, w- I couldn't find something I was looking for, but I also didn't want to ask the people working there because I was like, they've only been working here like a week. They're not going to know the inventory well enough. So, but I was walking around and I got the Keelan Cole news and I, I, I meant to write Keelan. I wrote Keelan. It was autocorrect order with caps, but uh He'll be he'll be fine. I mean, the coup de gras was Carl Lawson, who's just a marvelous pass rusher. Uh, it's Tim exactly found, the Tim type found of, out who he was. <laughs> I knew he. I knew who he was. No, uh, and I think that's exactly the type of rusher that Sala needs for his defense. And the guy we picked up today, Sheldon Rankins, that guy is a great player. Uh, that that was a really nice signing. And then the other guys that we you know that we let go, uh, sure that we got. I mean, I I'm a fan of. Uh, of Corey Davis, I have been for a while. I, he's not a star receiver. He is a top-tier wide receiver, too. That's, I think, the top of his potential. But that that's fine, right? When, you know, you, you put together him and Crowder and Cole and Mims, like, that is a respectable wide receiving core. That, you know, that the, there's no superstars there. But given that Miami doesn't have anybody who can catch the ball, the Patriots have a tight end who doesn't play and another tight end who isn't very good and a receiver. They spent way too much money on outside of what Buffalo has. And really Buffalo has one receiver. I'd even considered that. I like in that digs. Well, all you did was praise when they signed Colonel Sanders. Oh, I forgot about Sanders, right? That's also a very nice <laughs> signing. So I guess the, the bills, 
the Bills do have the best receiving core in the division. The Jets definitely have the second best. But what is it worth? It doesn't matter when you have a four, five, six, seven win team. It doesn't really matter. I like Corey Davis. I think he's going to be fine. I think it's a nice signing. Uh, we got Jeff's boy uh, to play offensive life, Feeney. I'm very excited about him. I think he's exactly the type of – he will provide some structure and some skill to an offensive line that's starving outside of a superstar tackle. Structure and skill? I think so. That's what I'm expecting from him. What do you know Jared, about him other than he's got a mullet? Well, I, I mean, I've been watching YouTube highlights of all these guys. From Jared college? Davis, who we signed. Jared Davis, who we signed. From college? And from the Chargers. There's a Dan Feeney highlight there's pack from every, the Chargers? Every, there's a highlight pack for everybody, Jeff. That's the one thing you learn when you scout by YouTube, as I do. <laughs> <laughs> that there's a you there is a YouTube uh, highlight reel of everybody. Jared Davis, who we brought in, and Justin Hardy, who we brought in from Davis from Detroit, but Hardy from New Orleans. I'm very excited about him. Uh, he just seems like he just seems like a leader of men, which is what we need. And then we brought in Lamarcus Joyner, who is a solid veteran who will play safety uh, for Sala, who I expect will be able to sort of play in the same way that he took. Sherman, who were who was older and sort of a little bit past his prime, sort of rejuvenated him for a bit. I bet you that Lamarcus Joyner has a Pro Bowl style season playing safety for the Jets if he stays healthy. So Tim Tim's great on the Jets uh, free agency. A plus, it sounds like. No, no, everyone everyone's great. <laughs> it's not an A plus. I would say it's an A minus. B plus slash. If when I used to you know to to, to mark papers, if it was in the middle, I'd give someone a B plus slash A minus. Uh, and I'd write 79.5 on their paper. And that's what I would give this uh, this draft, B plus slash A minus. I always appreciated, Tim and I had a professor in college, and he had no real metrics to what he was up to in terms of grading. He would just read the paper, and he'd give it a grade. He's like, that seems like a C paper to me. And then he'd read it again and grade it harder. He'd be like, nah, it's more like a D paper. And that's like how he gave out grades. I like it. He was great. What I used to do is I would read a paper the first time and say, okay, this is an A, and I realized after reading it, this is an A, B, C, D, or F paper. Then I read it a second time and decide, is it a good A? Then it's an A plus. Is it just an A? It's an A. Is it a bad A? It's an A minus. And that's how I would come up with grades when I read them. Uh, that's just the metrics that I use. <coughs> that's just how I approached it. But uh, so well, this was with it, B plus slash A minus. So we're, we didn't get the, we did get Carl Lawson. It was one of the biggest free agents to grab. So I'm excited about that. But there were guys I would have liked, and uh, it's fine. I, I mean, this is not a team that's going it's to fine. make hey. the playoffs doing this year. I give it but, an A. It's fine. <laughs> no, I didn't give it. I, I think they did a good job. I think Douglas is competent. I'm very excited to see what he does now with the pick. We Who he trades it to? Because I think there's a very, 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 very strong chance that we are not picking it to. That'd oh, I think you're picking a quarterback. Yeah, I think, I think so, it's too. very unlikely. I think it's very unlikely at this point. So what I'm definitely reading, happening. What I'm seeing, who are you, what are you reading? Are you reading the Jets Reddit forums? And also just Jets writers and people. No. They all seem to be reading the tea leaves the same way, which is that this is the offseason that you develop when you're kind of thinking about if you're not in love with any of those quarterbacks, you can't take them at two. So you can trade that pick to Carolina for a ton of stuff. Imagine if we can you imagine if they give us McCaffrey and like two first rounders? I would be delighted beyond beyond belief uh, to take that. I don't think McCaffrey's only in play in a package for one player. I don't. Think... I disagree. I think that they would ship him out as a. Ad. I think, I think they would too. 
And the Jets and the Jets need offense. They're starving for weapons. If you're going to roll with Darnold, you need to give him every opportunity and you have a ton of cap room. It would actually make sense in New York and it would make sense for Carolina. Yeah, you we, get the quarterback that you love and the Jets can go ahead and roll with two, a couple of first rounders plus this this you know, utility uh, uh, knife uh, running back who's super talented. We we did find out how to become un-Anderhurst this week when Will Fuller signed with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> hey, yes. So if you ever want to be uncursed out there, athletes, just sign with the Miami Dolphins. I like Will Fuller. No, no you don't. Not I anymore. Think- you, you, you just picked, you just trashed him when you were talking about the Dolphins receivers. They have no because one. Because it's the wrong spot for him. You know, the Dolphins have a quarterback who can't throw way down the field, and the skill that Will Fuller p- uh, possesses uh, at, at best is his deep ability. Well, they, they don't have a quarterback who can throw it 30 yards, let alone 40 yards or 50 yards. According to QB data mind... According and to Fuller's QB's data mine, they don't have a QB who can throw it like post 15 yards. So we we found and, we, we we went through that uh, today because Tim shared what you shared. The tweet was oh, Tim put it in your chat. He put it in our chat after you <laughs> sent it to him. So then we found some more stats from uh, QB data mine. Did you know that Baker Mayfield was accurate on 29 of 52 deep passes last year, 56 percent, first out of 31 Ooh, quarterbacks. Impressive. This is, Sam, this is how Sam, Dolphins fans defend themselves Sam, by by not actually. Arguing Arguing on the merits, <laughs> Sam but, Darnold you know, was accurate on ten well, of he's thirty-one. Bad at this, and he's well, bad no, no, at you you constantly go on. No, the the comment our Dolphins fan made was we were talking about uh, we were talking about Tua, and he said he was a rookie coming off a major injury with no preseason, and I never claimed he had a good season. Just I'm going to see what happens, and yeah, that's totally and, fair. And then and then he just As goes be, and yeah. then he just said basically worst case scenario Tua is Darnold so I at least have two more years of claiming he's still young and good <laughs> like you've done. So here's some San Darnold facts from the same account. Darnold was accurate on ten of thirty one deep passes last season, twenty fifth of thirty one. Sam Darnold five point five percent have the 29th ranked interceptable pass rate oh, yeah. in the NFL in twenty twenty. Sam Darnold forty nine point two percent ranked thirty first in depth adjusted accuracy out of thirty one qualifying quarterbacks. Sam Darnold was at fifty two percent accurate on throws that traveled further than five yards downfield. Every other quarterback was at least fifty seven percent accurate on the same throws. So why can't our Dolphins sure. friend uh, just continue to prop up his young quarterback like you do? I mean, this is not a way to argue. It's but that's a what you do. Fallacy. It, it's too. It's it's what they call it in the logical and logic to quaqua. You too, like <laughs> so you you know we, our quarterback is bad. Well, yours is bad too. Rather than arguing on the merits, which is which is fine. But, but you know, the yeah. person that you're arguing with never claimed Tua was good. Well, but it's not that Tua isn't good. It's like Tua is the absolute worst. But that's, but that's what we've been telling you about Darnold for three years, but you keep saying that he's great. I'm not defending Darnold right now. I'm just, I, I just no, but, 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 you've, but you've just done it for three years. And you've made every excuse, even when he had what you called the bomb squad, the number one receiving core in the NFL, and then claimed he had no I, weapons. Yeah, I mean, I can't defend myself, <laughs> and I'm not going to try. Because I was obviously wrong about a lot of stuff. But what I can say is that I enjoyed the stats you, that suggest that two is not as good as Jeff and I kind of thought that he would But be. you don't allow people the same rope that you expect from them when the situation... I don't get that rope. It, it, flip it around. I don't get any rope, so why should I extend it? Because you get rope. 
And then people are like, oh, okay. All of us. We all give you a bit of rope. Then you triple down and quadruple down and don't let it go. Yes, and then sure. finally someone has to tell you, like, you're being insane. Sorry, Super Bowl Sam? He called, him, he called him Monday Super Bowl Sam two days ago. <laughs> I swear, when well, they well, were talking about when they were talking about getting Juju, it was Super Bowl Sam again all of a sudden. <laughs> well, look, at least the receivers coming to USC aren't bashing uh, Sam on their way out the door like the guys in Alabama are doing. Well, then how come the receiver that he played with didn't want to sign with him? That's a curious case, and I'm not sure I understand why someone would rather not spend a year with Mahomes or not spend a year with Jackson instead of spending a year in Pittsburgh, where it seems like, I mean, what are the Steelers looking for this year? Seven and nine, six and ten, five and eleven? Like, is that's it, not is a this, team Is this on like the when rise. you said that they were in contention for the first overall pick last year and then started 12 and 0? And then they <laughs> went down 35 to nothing in their sure, first playoff. They did. Game, they, lo- they, lost, they, the lost, they lost in the playoffs, Tim. Yeah, obviously they, they they did much better than I than I thought they would, but that's a division where you look at the Browns and the Ravens and maybe to a lesser extent the Bengals, but not really. But like the Steelers are clearly, I think, the third team in their division, and like there's not a whole lot to hope for in Pittsburgh. So I, I thought that was a very curious decision by Juju. I like I, the, I like this Fuller to Miami move because although he is a downfield threat, he's also very good off the line of scrimmage. No. where you can just throw very quick outs to him and let him go do what he needs to do and make people miss. I think it's a help. I think it's a good move. I think it's a good move in the sense that you can't, you have to, to see what he is. You have to, you have to help him. You out. have to help him out. <laughs> the little smile Jeff had when he said <laughs> No, but no, no, hold on a second. Hold on a Are second. Are you guys gonna be really mad if he's like all of a sudden good? No. Jeff's got a Jeff's got a full house and poker and everybody at the table knows. <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst <laughs> poker player, but I make the same face when I got two queen as I do when I have like King King. But you play, do you play Queen Two no. like it is no. Pocket Kings? But this Queen Juice makes more wanna... boats than any other hand. This is what I will now. There's just like, so it's many, like Jack Ford makes more uh, two legs. pairs. Than I think any it's other a good name. signing. That's they just gotta a get, fact. They got to get someone who could stretch the field because last year all the Dolphin fans were complaining there was no one there f- that was stretching the field. Although the well, yeah, data mine, the data mine says that you know even if they could stretch the field, it didn't make a difference. There might have been some problems um, there. Here is the issue. We'll just take Tim's point. Unfortunately. Tua can maybe. Can, I think Tua. The, Why don't you say what you really the mean? The ceiling on Tua like has changed. It's okay. changed. He can't compete with like certain other ceilings. There's still a place for. Just say Herbert. A, we know no, what you mean. Burrow. There's a lot of the other young quarterbacks. Uh, Josh Allen. Like anyone who's good and developing and like on a great trajectory. I don't think it can be there. There's definitely no, a place. There's definitely a place for him in the league to be. Uh, a top 15 starter and to be very good and help a team and do what he does well. That is all like very much capable for him. The Ryan most, Tannehill. The most damning oh, thing. I, I, I would take Ryan Tannehill right now. I still like, if anyone wants to argue it, like the, one of the most disturbing things as it projects to long range NFL outlook this year was that Thursday night game versus the Raiders. This is the Raiders. Everyone was like just chucking it down the field versus them and picking up chunks. And it wasn't even like they weren't, they were throwing them and they were incomplete. They weren't even throwing them. And then Fitzpatrick comes in and it's just up Chuck come a loo. 
I don't think like, so it was so weird. That was like a very, that was a night where I was like, holy shit. And I was already like being not nice, but that was a night where I was like, holy shit, there is a real freaking problem, Pat. Um, but that being said, as we've come through the off season, I do believe that there is um, like, he's been, he's so low that I'm enjoying like, go. Getting called out by your former teammates while reporters are trying to like dig for a headline when they're asking you, Mac Jones or Tua, by these two kids are going to be top half of the draft prospects. That's so unfair, in my opinion. And some of the other talk I think is really unfair because, like your buddy who's a Dolphin fan says, that is 100% the case. Not everybody is going to like be a rock star right away. Might be like in to take a golf, like a Patrick Cantley slower burn path to being really good. Because back in the day when I used to start watching football or like when Phillip Rivers was drafted, you didn't like judge a quarterback till he played. Like you didn't even want to make an opinion on a guy until his 17th game, not his seventh. Um, but things changed, like things got on hyperspeed. Russell Wilson got picked in the third round and won a Super Bowl like a couple years later. It was immediately successful that every second, third round quarterback since feels a pressure they didn't feel before. And I mean that. And teams, because you said this, you said this in defense of making this to a thing. And I hear professionals say this, like, because I love to watch the bits on the internet with guys I like who are quarterback people. Like, in this modern era of quarterbacking, like 98% of the time, we like either see it, like you either see it or you don't. You see it and or that's you been your one like go-to. It was the one thing you'd like sort of press back on Darnold or other instances. You either see it or you don't. And I always go back to even with other guys that struggled early, like a Josh Allen, you saw like a ceiling. You're like, whoa, there's like a lot of like not right here, but whoa, there's a ceiling. And I didn't even feel that from Tua. No, I guess my and I, I agree like, with you. I, I, didn't, I didn't plays. I didn't see plays. I don't mean hitting your ceiling. I mean plays that show no, us. I, your I ceiling. didn't see anything. That was sort of the problem. But I do wonder. It's like they didn't expect him to be playing at all, and then they found themselves in this like weird free roll situation. And I, th- I think it was pretty clear that Flores wanted to continue to play Fitzpatrick, and I think the organization leaned on them, and they didn't have like a Tua game plan. And that's why every time they put Fitzpatrick, it's like, oh, yeah, we can run this. We've developed this playbook for Fitzpatrick. What are you doing with two? It's like, ah, as little as possible. So is that because owners I, I, like, I see Joe Burrow, I see Justin Herbert, you've got to play this guy Would now? that be crazy to think? No, because we won one game. We were like the rebuilding joke a year ago. Look where we are. The program in Miami is amazing. What they can still do in free agency with their cap room to get a plethora of great yeah, they, they one-year be, they, players. They become the Patriots yeah, somehow. To get a great amount, because there's a lot of guys in free agency that we're going to see over the next few weeks that are going to sign one-year prove-it deals because they want to go back into the market when the cap is higher or a two-year deal so they can go back into the market with the new TV money. And and, and the Chargers, I'm expecting to, to be very advantageous because they've got the cap room still to play with also. Uh, be very aggressive in those one-year veteran deals. Miami also owns pick three and 18. There's an opportunity to have an A-plus free agency and an A-plus draft. Um, So here's who still lingers out there on the free agent market right now. We got 
Melvin Ingram, who almost signed with Kansas City, apparently. Well, well, I hope not. Yeah, well, so him possible. and Clowney are both still available if you need someone to get to the quarterback or just play D-line. Tim's boy, Sammy Watkins, he's still out there. T.Y. Hilton, still out there. You can go get uh, your former offensive lineman, Russell Okung, uh, or Villanueva from uh, Pittsburgh. Or Trey Turner, who's a nice tackle, it, who had a short injury-plagued season with the Chargers. You got to pay Okung in Bitcoin, though, I think, if you're going to go do it. Or is, he, or is he like the richest guy yeah. in the NFL now? Did he make as much as uh, Rodgers last year now? I think he may have made more, more yeah, depending on it. And also, Tim brought him up earlier, old man Dick Sherman. He's still floating out there like as a Casey Hayward as a third corner on a team like why wouldn't you bring in Sherman like I I assume he's I just assume he's gonna go to Kansas City like why not go to a team who's close if you're him at this point what else do you have to prove I don't know or you can go back to San Francisco they're close too back there are they close I, he See, does interview. You're removed you know, from the Super Bowl. Everything went wrong for them last year, and they still won six games. He does a of podcast with Chris Collinsworth, Richard for, for for uh, PFF or yeah, and they had uh, Chargers new head coach Brandon Staley on, and it seemed like there was a connection <laughs> there. And then, <laughs> and even Collinsworth was saying like off air, you should have heard these guys talking ball. So why don't they just put that on the podcast? That's a great, that's a that, great That point. should be the podcast. Maybe they were talking about, uh, yeah, that maybe there was like some sensitive talk that like. Um, yeah, like when we had to talk to you and Tim earlier about, you know, we're live right yeah. now. We can't cut it out and post anymore. No, but I guess maybe he said something. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it didn't. I would like to hear it. But I'm Sherman and I, hey, listen, I'm upset the Chargers weren't able to get Kyle Fuller out of Chicago. I thought that would have been perfect for a team that needs to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Tim, you're great on Kenny Galladay to the Giants. I don't know. I guess B minus. You've got to give Daniel Jones weapons, but I think it's too much. I, I don't love the contract. I'm I don't. Not in love I, with Kenny I don't. Galladay. I don't even know if any of these contracts are real at this point. Like, you well, really, that's fair. You really have to look into them to see what they actually are right now. But that's I like fair. Galladay. I think Galladay's great. I'm excited for I the Giants. Good. I'm excited for Galladay and Stafford to be out of Detroit and just to see what they can do. Because I feel like there's a Detroit stink that gets put on you after a while. Marvin Jones is out of Detroit, too. He went Jacksonville? Jacksonville. Do you see Urban Myers complaining already? About Tim? Yeah, why can't... He didn't like how um, free agency is all about just throwing bags of money at the guy. He doesn't get a chance to get to know the man. Because that never happened at Ohio State or uh, yeah, I'm you know, sorry. Florida. Like when you're recruiting at Florida or Ohio State, you're you're in like a five man league. Like if a player's good well, enough it, right? to play for you, there's only like one of five schools he's going to go to. So you're not competing. well. That's it. He had an advantage, and when you're at Ohio State, there's five other schools that can compete for the top tier talent. Listen, he uh, has to compete against Joe Douglas now. Jets yeah. GM G- genius GM <laughs> Joe Douglas. I don't think Urban Meyer is going to last very long in Jacksonville. Oh, it depends on how how good this Lawrence is, is. This is Steve Spurrier to the Redskins 2.0. They're putting him. They're putting Lawrence in a pretty good spot. They beefed up the O line. Uh, they didn't end up making that Shark deal. So now you have Shark and Marvin Jones along with everyone's. There's favorite. still deal. There's still money. Good veterans oh, that yeah. can come in there. You Absolutely. To, you have to beef up the defense a bit. I think that's going to have to eventually be in play. Who did they, who's even the coordinator, some new person or I shouldn't, I feel like people were, it was a very retread staff, but whatever. Uh, the only other one, uh, why did Kenyon, why did Vegas sign Kenyon Drake? I don't know, man. Who knows what is going on there? There's Gruden like, loves backs. 
but they have Josh Jacobs. Like I'll give, I'll give Josh Jacobs 45 carries a game. It does make we're, sense we're, to bring in more. It does make sense in today's NFL to not just have one running back that is predominantly your guy. Like to have sure, but now they're investing a whole bunch yeah, of money into the running back. There's position. a way to sign know. your backup running back or even like. Like Booker was fine for them. He yeah. actually signed with the Giants, which just take Devontae Booker in the last round of every draft you're in this year, in case Barkley gets hurt, because he's going to end up with like 25 touches a game. Like Gallmania, when that used to run wild last year. Trubisky to the Bills, Paul? I ain't scared. What happened to uh, Bills' presumptive starter from last year, Jake Fromm, Tim, according to you? <laughs> Barkley's gone, obviously. I think it's a great signing. Yeah. It's good insurance, really. That's a high-end backup. At the school of Dayball, like, that is showing a commitment to, like, a hum- like to humble yourself. In many ways, how I appreciated Jameis taking the one year to be in New Orleans, part of great coaching and a, fun- a good system. Um, yeah, but I don't think that Jameis, I guess it actually no, turned out that he needed to do it, but... Like Trubisky wasn't like be okay. A yes, you're right. You're right. Jameis like no one was like you know who should sign Mitch Trubisky. One hundred percent right. Like they're in different paths, I would say. But if you've got to rebuild yourself, a one year deal under Dable, I think, is a good is a good place. Oh, to try it's to a, do like it. if anything was to happen to Josh Allen this year, I think Trubisky would look good in that Buffalo offense. And if he plays like I agree. Two, if he plays two games and looks really good, he gets a job next year. And Tim is one of these people who's like anti Allen, who is waiting for the completion percentage to totally regress and would probably tell you there's not much of a drop-off between Trubisky and Allen. Well, I wouldn't go that strongly. I will say that I think it's reasonable to expect a regression in in accuracy. Yes, it would kind of be surprising if it didn't happen to some degree. But obviously Trubisky's nowhere in his class. But Trubisky, like Pat said, is a very top-tier backup quarterback. If Allen breaks his thumb and is out for four weeks. He's exactly the type of guy that you want to run the ship of state to go two and two or two and three or three and two to get you through a a tight spot. So if Buffalo, Buffalo went to the championship game last year, they're obviously a team that can win the Super Bowl. They're one of the few teams, the AFC that could legitimately take a run at Kansas city and Baltimore and the top teams. And so, yeah, it makes sense to when you're in a position like that, Spending money and getting a good guy to back up your QB is uh, is critical. Yeah, I think this actually shows that the the belief that Buffalo has in itself right now that you know, they if, should. If something happens to Allen, like here's here's someone we can bring in. Like what's good? Matt Barkley is the guy who starts for you in Week 17. Yeah, that's the, who he is. And the, he actually had to come in in the Charger game, and and Bosa got right in his face and put him to the carpet quickly. So if anything happens to Allen, I like this situation better. Brissett went to Miami. What do you make of uh, Fitzmagic in Washington? McLaurin, they get Curtis Samuel. You got Antonio like Gibson Heineke. coming back. I like Heineke. I, I, he- Heineke was fun to watch in that playoff game because he was all over the place. But you got to think that Fitzpatrick's the starter. And he'll get replaced. Well, it's, it's a strange move. Like, now yeah, he's probably going to suck because that's just how yeah, the Fitzpatrick yeah. zigzag works. And, I mean, it's a one-year deal. It shouldn't preclude them from still be looking on the outlook for a long No, but a it, put, it kicks solution. the can down the road because so many teams are going and for the a The division's wide open, I guess, so that's sort of part of it. I mean, they just won it. Who is The, the division's not division? wide open. Like, as long, as, long as Dallas is healthy. As long Dak. as Prescott's yeah, healthy. Now, listen, I love Dak, and Dallas could completely kind of flip the script, but it's not like Dallas was undefeated when Dak went out <laughs> last year. 
wasn't. They no, just, but they, they went what six? They went six and ten without Dak, and the division was one at seven and nine. So you got to think that one of those teams is better than seven and nine this year. Like there's probably a ten and six team in there. Maybe Hertz is yeah. really good. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I wouldn't put that past them either. But I, I Dallas would be my uh, would be my pick at this point. Have the there. Eagles done anything in free agency? I can't think of a move they've made. Maybe I'm just blanking I can on have, it. I can effort that. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I got. Like, if we actually did a radio show every day, I feel like that this is what the show would be like. Maybe. Oh, totally. It would just be just a hang. Hanging. With Pat, Jeff. Unlike the radio show that I, I lost from every morning, which I still haven't found a replacement for. Is that not a hang? Paul, yes. Hey, Tim, in our DMs today, you, you had a claim that was particularly egregious. There was this picture of this sandwich. Did you see this, Jeff? Ate half of my sandwich, probably saved the other half for later. <laughs> and then so well, I... Hold on. Oh, no, Jeff, Jeff hasn't seen this. Oh. So, so, Jeff, what do you think? Because, Paul, ask the question that you asked him, and we'll see if Jeff can guess Tim's response to it. Ask the question. Oh, what, 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 what do you want me to do? I want you to ask Jeff what oh, you okay. asked so him. I wrote TC approved, and he goes, no, I don't. But I why? Go, why is it not TC approved, Jeff? Oh, because he doesn't eat leftovers. That much. That rant I saw. Yes. Every, like, he, he's disdain for leftovers. But didn't we have an entire thing where Tim would bring home his toast from a diner <laughs> and then reheat it in the microwave? Yeah, I think you're being disingenuous. Uh, no, those are not leftovers in the same way. That's food I bought at a restaurant that's my property that I'm taking home with me to finish. And I'm not going to eat it. I never support <laughs> saving the other other half for later. Eat I, the I like whole that. It's not the sandwich. insanity of eating a sandwich that way. It's the fact that you don't eat leftovers is your problem with it. It's not that I don't eat leftovers. It's that I don't like eating leftovers very often. It's a rare thing. Yes, if I had too much food at a restaurant, and I brought that back. That's fine. After Thanksgiving or Christmas, that's fine. But I don't like redos, reruns, leftovers, whatever. I don't care for them that much. You have, I like to eat something different every day. You have like said that you have microwaved leftover toast from a diner. Yeah, but if I eat that at lunch and I got it at breakfast, like that's not the same thing. I'm not eating the same supper. <laughs> How is that not the same? What, what are you that's talking about? That's the most about? disgusting thing that's you could so possibly that's... like. Like you got to get new bread if you're gonna like heat up a sandwich, or at least no, no. Put it and in the also, oven. I but again, I didn't say I'm a hundred percent against leftovers. I'm just mostly against leftovers. Yes, if I go to a restaurant and I buy food, and I don't for whatever reason finish that food, that's my property. It's coming home with me every bit of it. I, I don't eat, see a contradiction here. You won't eat the same because you said you didn't want leftovers. That's clearly leftovers. I don't uh, like leftovers, but occasionally I'll have. Of course, I, like I, it's not that I'll never have them. I just don't have them very often. I like to eat different things every day. See, I have no problem eating the same thing all the time. Yeah, I do. I I, the, I I eat the same thing like back to back days because I'll make so much of one thing. I'll just have it two days in a row. I like it. It's a difference. I, I don't care for leftovers. Now, did you say, Jeff, that you spoke to a friend of yours who also doesn't care for leftovers? Yeah, no. And I would say my friend who despises leftovers, like even like good leftovers, like pizza. And we joke that he's like the most elitist. He is like one of the more elitist guys we know. So it's a very so elitist like take. But but he at least owns that. Like if we say that, Tim, 
considers himself like a man of the people far I from. Men, men of the people eat leftovers. The people eat leftovers. And if you are a man okay. of said people, you have How to eat How often are people leftovers? eating leftovers? Always. A lot? The men of the people like, don't need always. tea to shovel. I needed it this week, I'll tell you that. You know, Tim didn't know that you're supposed to lift with your legs when you shovel? He was lifting with his back not, and arms? It's not that I didn't know you had to lift with your legs. It's that I didn't understand what that meant. <laughs> I heard before people say, lift with your legs. But, like, your arms are on the shovel. You've done and a you're chin like, up? Twist, well, with counterbalance. And, and anyway, like, I so I tried to lift with my legs on Friday when we had a bunch of snow. And I back was so bad, I had to use the heating pad all day yesterday for a while. <laughs> I well, much good it did me. We, you had to use the heating pad on your back? Yeah. Like, I so was you, very, so you, very, so, very so you, so you weren't lifting with your legs. Well, but then I saw, like... We sent, I, you, I we sent, we sent, we sent you those instructional videos. Yeah, but that, they're getting down too low. I can't get down that low to shovel. But it takes I'm you just pushing and then lifting. You're just pushing, then lifting. Then how's your back hurt at all? Well, because it's really heavy. So you got to like lift to throw it up on the pile or whatever. It took me like two hours, hour and 55 minutes. Oh my you God. You claim to be able to jump from space, but you can't shovel snow properly. I did shovel it. It's just I was really, really stiff and I'm still am kind of. It's two days later. I'm still kind of stiff. <laughs> so I have an interesting theory on leftovers. I think the crappier the food and place that you eat, the better the leftovers are. High-end leftovers aren't great. Because yeah, like, it's, it's made in such a way that you want to eat it the moment. It, like if I go get – like my wife and I go get like duck or something like that. And it comes like with the entire meal and then you know, she never finishes everything she eats. So she brings it home. And then she'll ask me later like, do you want the leftovers? Like, yeah, I guess so. Like, this sounds great. I'm going to have some duck. It just – it's not great reheated food. Like pizza is awesome reheated food. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're right because like KFC the next day is never as good as KFC the day. Fried chicken. Not good. not right. not what I was going to say. Fried chicken is good reheated. Food. Yeah, it's fantastic reheated. Food. It's also fantastic. Much like basically, if you can eat it cold, it is probably good leftover food. You can eat pizza cold, better heat it up. But you can eat it cold in a pinch. KFC, you can eat cold out of the fridge. That's not a problem. Oh, I would never do such a thing. You've never eaten KFC cold out of a fridge? I don't think that I have. Am I the only one who's done this here? All, I do I it all the time. All done you just it. grab a drumstick out of the yeah, fridge? Yeah, just, just, let's go. Just it's, a real, it's a real hungover move. But. No, it's great. Tim, fake man of the people. Yeah, Tim, no I man, am of, a the man of the people. Yeah, you're, like, yeah you know what? Bit, you know, you know what? You're a man of the people if you think that everyone is Louis the Fourteenth. Louis the sixth. Well, the Louis the fourteenth was the Sun King. Louis the sixteenth was the one married to Marie Antoinette. Yeah, but he died. Like he he got killed. Well, they all died. Yeah, but Louis they the fourteenth wasn't just like murdered. Tim too rich no, have like a don't. personal chef or something. He might. No, I don't. But I don't. It's not. It's, I don't really like leftovers that much. That's my thing. I never did. Growing up, we had them all the time, and I developed a antipathy towards them. And I remember swearing to myself that when I was cooking, I wouldn't have that many leftovers. I could have something new every day, pretty much, with exceptions. Like, I mean, yeah, pizza is a prime example of something. There's nothing wrong, but I wouldn't eat pizza twice for supper. I'd have it at lunchtime the next day, and then I have something else uh, in the evening. So even then, like, like leftover turkey. But even if you're having leftover turkey, you're not having like the mashed potatoes and gravy 
and vegetables for your leftovers, you're usually doing a pot pie or hot turkey sandwiches or something else with it, right? So it's not quite the same thing. I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of leftovers. I never was. I don't, I don't care for them, except in rare instances. Like if we have a big crowd of homemade baked beans, I, I can have that two nights in a row. I, I, I can live with that. That's your well, exception? Your exception is baked beans? So weird. Homemade baked beans with fresh molasses. Not even onion, from a restaurant. You don't own it. When you say homemade, do you mean you're cracking open a can? No, no. When my mother or grandmother would make it. Oh, okay, like, okay. And give you a big crock of like homemade baked style, uh, like Boston style molasses baked beans, uh, which I absolutely adore. Like that's fine to have two times. Or if, or if like someone makes you a casserole and you have that casserole two nights in a row. I guess. Who's making but, you, who's like, making, is this just stuff your grandma makes you? I feel like my mom will make it for me too. making you a casserole? Sometimes my mom will make me a casserole. She makes like this Mexican one that's really good. Uh, and so I'll have that for a couple of couple What's of in a Mexican in a casserole? It's got, beans. Uh, the, it's got, yeah, it's got beans and chickpeas. And it's got ground beef that's cooked with like that taco sauce. And it's got jalapeno and peppers and uh, noodles, like those spirally noodles, one of those rigatoni uh, in there. Uh, it, it's absolutely delicious. It's a very, very tasty. And then covered with like Tex-Mex cheese. It's a very tasty casserole. All right. Uh, but that, no, like 95% of the time, I'm sorry. I've just, uh, leftovers aren't for me. They're for others maybe, but they're not for me. Not for Tim. Hates leftovers, but claims to be a man of the people. Jeff is fading. I am a man of Je- the Je- people. Jeff is fading here. It is late on a Sunday evening, and it looks like he's made another bet that is currently losing. That's my no, guess. No more bets. You kept checking another score. Something else. Did that lose? No, those. Just looking at things. Were you looking at your Herbert investment on water? On water? <laughs> oh, no. I, that's long term. I don't look at that ever. That's a long term play? Yeah, it's a long term play. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being here. I, I want to thank. It's jerky. What? I think it's a jerky company, like beef jerky. Oh, not like prank calling people? The jerky boys? God, I haven't thought about those prank calls. I, I am. I am. I am. You're worried. Weaning, though. I am weaning. You're less excited? I am weaning. Well, I want to thank Jeff for being here, Paul, behind the glass. All of you who watch live, if not, smash the like button, play in the Listener's League link. Jeff and I will be back tomorrow for the Match Play Golf Show. Also want to thank Tim Andagust. Tim Andagust. That is not my name. But don't worry, pilgrims, we'll be back. Okay, Mr. Wayne, I agree with you. You're welcome. I'm not Bruce Wayne. John Wayne. Pilgrim. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. He's doing John Wayne sort of impressions, I guess. Can you like, do Harry Carey for the people in the chat? Linda Ham. <laughs> that's what I got. All that's Tim's impressions sounds like the person he's trying to impersonate. Sorry to the people in the chat. They've been all, asking for hours. <laughs> all his impressions sound like kind of that person, but if they're having a stroke. I didn't get any Harry Carey there. It's just Tim it's from Yellen. that SNL skit. People know I, that skit, I, right? You, the Linda Ham skit uh, where Joan Allen is the guest? No, Tim, that's not the one that's rebroadcast all that often. No, I, oh, I, I have no idea. That. I was like... No, they, they know the Jeff Goldblum one. Oh. You don't know that? I, I, I don't. Give your I, fucking I head a shake, pal. We got to get out of here. Thank you all for watching. Smash like, listeners league link. Oh, $100 giveaway if you rate and review fantasy baseball picks and bets. 
on Apple Podcasts, five-star review, Twitter handle, email, something you enjoy about the show. We're giving away those hundred bucks tomorrow on the Pat Mayo Experience. And thanks again to Collectible. Download the Collectible app right now. Get in on some of those IPO shares. Own a piece of sports history and use code FTN to tell them that FTN and the PME sent you. All right? We'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.